Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
All right, welcome. Good afternoon. This is the Frank Report. This is July 16th, 2015. It's Thursday. It's about eight minutes after noon out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If we're live, that means you can uh, call in and participate, 800-932-1980. can go to the chat room at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Look for the chat link. You'll see it. Click it. It's real easy. If you want to uh, use Yahoo Instant Messenger, my screen name is AVRN Talk. All right, so there we have that. All right, let's get right to it, huh? John McCain. Now, this is a piece of garbage right here uh, from the top of the heap, man. This guy is, he's been a piece of garbage for, what, decades? And he's still shooting off his mouth. And I, I don't get Arizona, how they keep electing this garbage. Now, here's what he says. And, and you know, this is not, I, again, I, I'm not a big supporter of Donald Trump, but when somebody tells the truth, it's, you know, it's the truth. It doesn't matter who it is, all right? Donald Trump is a dirtbag, real estate salesman, billionaire, you know, he's used the system to his benefit. He's a billionaire. He's gone bankrupt I don't know how many times yet. Yeah, he's still a billionaire. He's been married I don't know how many times. You know, the thing is, this is not an icon of uh, somebody to look up to from a personal level. But, nevertheless, if he speaks the truth, it's the truth. And you got to recognize that. I mean, people nowadays say, well, golly, uh, if you're using an alias, uh, well, you must be, uh, you know, some kind of terrorist or hiding something or, or something. Oh, really? Well, go give the uh, Federalist Papers a read or the Anti-Federalist Papers. None of them use their real names. Ben Franklin had like 50 pen names. They all had pen names. Why? Sure, I, I, I imagine back before independence, there might have been some concern that the king might send his men to come and collect you up and take you away. I mean, that, that, that's a legitimate, that was a legitimate concern. But after that, they continued to do it. Why? Because. Look, so you love, oh, you all love Rush Limbaugh, right? Oh, he's so wise. He's so this. He's so that. Right? Okay, fine. So whatever he says is gospel. Just like Bill O'Reilly and all the other pukes on Fox News. And then you commies out there got the same thing going on at CNN. It doesn't matter what they say. It matters who's saying it. See, that's the problem. And it's a big problem. And even the founding fathers recognized it way back then. 
So they wrote their arguments under pen names so you could just take the argument for what it was, not who it was coming from. But that nearly never happens anymore. And and that includes the patriot community. You know, and people, they, they, and I, I, hey, there's some personalities I like better than others. And I have to force myself to realize that, hey, that's okay, I can like the personality, fine, but I got to listen to what they're saying. Because even if they're not intentionally misleading me, they could be wrong. I got to check it out. I got to make sure that what they're telling me is true, whether I like them or not. And folks, you got to do the same thing with everybody, including me. You like me, you don't like me, it doesn't matter to me. Check out what I'm saying. Make sure it's true. Hey, and some of the things I say is opinion, and you can disagree, and you can say, well, I don't. I don't I don't I don't look at it that way. Well, that's okay. You don't have to if it's an opinion. But if I'm telling you something that's just the way it is, it's just the way it is. You can take it or not, check it out. And I'll usually I, I try to remember to tell you when, hey, this is just my opinion. And Donald Trump is the same thing. A lot of people don't like him. I don't like him. I never have liked him. You know, I never liked him since, you know, and he did long ago, back when, remember when Mike Tyson was just unbeatable. He was the heavyweight champion. Nobody could touch him. Nobody could spend, nobody could spend more than a minute in the ring with this guy before he just beat him into the ground, right? And it got to the point where, you know, okay, so boxing is a big gambling sport. Well... Oh, a Mike Tyson fight? Okay. Who's who's the special needs child that's going to bet on Mike Tyson's opponent to win? Yeah, well, there weren't any. So here is, at the time, probably the, the, the most devastating boxer ever. I've never read about a boxer throughout boxing history that was so... Dominant. I mean, he didn't have as long or as successful, because of length, career like Muhammad Ali or uh, even Joe Frazier or, you know, some of the, the great boxers. But for the time that he was champion, <laughs> nobody could touch this guy. So Donald Trump at his casino in Atlantic City, who had, you know, hosted a couple of uh, Tyson fights, said, okay, that's it. We're not having any more Tyson fights at this casino. You know why? Well, he couldn't make any money off of it. That's why he basically blacklisted the world champion boxer because he wasn't making any money off of him. 
Okay, that's the kind of guy Donald Trump is. Yeah, business is business. I get it. But so, hey, from the perspective of running for president, maybe that's a good thing. It's not a very, I, I don't think it's a very good personal trait. I mean, you know, I don't like the guy for it. But, hey, maybe I don't need to like the president. Huh? Hey, everybody liked Obama, right? Oh, he's so smart. He speaks so well, meaning he can read really good. You know, so maybe the guy we don't really like, who's just going to do be about business, is maybe that's what we maybe that's what we should have. I don't know. I really don't see Donald Trump ever really becoming president, but it's kind of fun to think about. But I may think that, but apparently the Republican dirtbags, which is the core of the Republican Party, and I don't mean you people out there that think you're the core. Well, I've been a Republican for 50 years. I am the core. No, you're not the core. You just got nowhere else to go, that's all. If you're not a Republican, what are you going to do? What party are you going to join? Hey, this is America. We only have two parties. Because that's what the founders want. Oh, wait. No, that's not what the founders wanted. As a matter of fact, the founders were against political parties. Gee, I guess we could just throw that in a can too, huh? So much for the intent of the founders. But the core I'm talking about is the guys that keep getting elected even though you go, oh, are you kidding me? Who in their right mind would elect this guy? Like John McCain. Over the weekend, see, they're worried. I, apparently, they're taking Donald Trump a lot more seriously than I am. I mean, I think Donald Trump could do a lot of good just by running because he will force the conversation, just like and I think even better than Ron Paul. Ron Paul forced the, the conversation to at least talk about the Fed a little bit, to talk about the monetary situation a little bit, for all the good it did, right? Did anything change? Is anything better? Oh, no, uh, actually things have gotten worse, and they're fixing to get even worse. Ron Paul wasn't all that charismatic. He wasn't all that forceful. He was kind of a wimpy, sort of older man, which I don't mean that so much as a slam to his personality or his person. I'm sure he's a nice man, okay? You know, you don't have to be this this loudmouth warrior type guy, you know, like, Apparently, all of us from the East Coast seem to be, but, I mean, (laughs) me, Donald Trump, you know, it's just one of those things it seems to be. And and it's true, man. I'm telling you, when I moved out West, uh, people seem to... (laughs) seem to react in shock sometimes of the things that just came out of my mouth naturally that wouldn't have turned an eye 
back in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. Okay? But, you know, you don't have... But if you're going to get in the shark tank, you better be a shark. And you better be a bigger shark than the other sharks. And you better better be ready for... Uh, one of those sharks to look at you as food one day because you know that's that's what it is. It's a shark tank, and if you think you're going to go in there talking sweet, being nice, ask Jimmy Carter how well that worked. Okay. And Ron Paul wasn't a shark. He was more Jimmy Carter. Donald Trump is more of a shark. We'll see how big his teeth are. You know, as this goes on, because, you know, they're they're going to attack him because, for like I said, I th- apparently they're taking him more seriously than I am. Uh, or maybe they just don't want to talk about the things he wants to talk about. See, because they know, they know the majority of the American people want the illegal aliens out. They want the border shut. They're not for all this free trade. They want jobs to come back to this country and not given to robots. This is what the American people want. The majority. And Donald Trump, his rhetoric has sparked response from the American people, both in donations and in the polling. So, I don't know if they're taking it seriously as a real contender or just they don't want to talk about those things. Because, you see, when they start pushing their, oh, we got to love all the uh, immigrants, they know they're going to be sunk. Over the weekend, Donald Trump held a rally in Phoenix, Arizona that attracted several thousand people. He shared the stage with the father of a man who was killed by an undocumented immigrant. And Trump continued his rant against illegal immigration that began when he launched his campaign and started to surge in the polls. Not every Republican in Arizona was pleased with Trump's visit. Scumbag Senator John McCain, the party's presidential nominee and loser... Of 2008, the only man in the universe that couldn't beat Barack, I'm not really a a natural-born citizen, or a Christian, or, uh, well, I'm not really even a black man, but uh, hey, John McCain couldn't beat him. He reacted to the event with dismay. It's very bad, McCain, who was eager to talk about Trump told me on Monday when I stopped by a Senate office. The senator is up for re-election in 2016, and he pays close attention to how the issue of immigration is playing in his state. He was particularly rankled by Trump's rally. This performance with our friend out in Phoenix is very hurtful to me, because what he did was he fired up the crazies. Oh, You get it? Let me tell you what John... Let me translate that for you. What John McCain means by fired up the crazies. He means fired up the people who are against illegal immigration. Who want illegal aliens 
out of the country and the border sealed. And free trade stopped because that's something else. And and don't kid yourself, folks. Illegal immigration is a key point to free trade. Because human slave labor in the elite's mind is part of free trade. Oh, and you thought slavery was over. (laughs) Sure. What McCain is saying is, anybody who opposes the new world order, the one world government, the free trade zone of the universe, is a crazy... McCain, who has long supported comprehensive immigration reform and was a member of the so-called Gang of Eight that successfully pushed immigration legislation through the Senate in 2013, has been at war with the far right in Arizona for years. We have a very extreme element within our Republican Party, McCain said. Our Republican Party. That's right, you know, McCain and his globalists, because that's who they are, folks. And this is why you don't see but minor, tiny differences between the Democratic and Republican parties anymore. Because they have one overriding fundamental thing in common. They are globalists, all right? That's really the bottom line. We can call them other names. Well, they're fascists, and they're communists, and they're this, and socialists, and, you know, whatever. And it may or may not be true on an individual basis. That one might be a fascist. That one might be a communist. It doesn't matter. They are all globalists. This is the one thing they have in common. And that's why you don't see a whole lot of difference in, in their behavior, in their rhetoric, and certainly not in their voting, and not in the it doesn't matter if we have a Republican majority in the Congress or a Democratic majority and a Republican president. It doesn't matter how we mix it up anymore. <clears throat> anyway, so they have a very extreme element within. Their Republican Party. He then noted that he was personally censured by Arizona Republicans in January of 2014 and has been fighting to push out the extremists in the state GOP ever since. We did come, we we did he says we did to some degree regain control of the party. That's a shame. But McCain fears that Trump may be reversing those gains. Now, he galvanized them. He's really got them activated. Good for Donald Trump. Like I said, I don't like the guy. This is not somebody that I could see myself being friends with. Really. But, business is business, and politics is business. And if he's getting results, 
if he can galvanize the people to get together and say, yeah, you know what? We're not for this. We've been sitting around letting this happen because, well, I'm a Republican, and I guess if the Republicans say so, and there ain't a Republican out there worth a damn saying anything about anything, and here comes Donald Trump rolling in. If he can do that, well, then, you know what? Good for him. You know, I still don't like the guy. I probably never will like the guy, but it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what his personal life is like. I mean, those days are long gone, folks. Okay? Long gone. Are you kidding me? Somebody out there is going to argue and say, well, wait a minute, his personal life does matter. He's been divorced. He's done this. He's done that. Oh, really? Bill Clinton. Okay? That's all I have to say to you. Bill Clinton, George Bush, Barack Obama. Huh? George Bush again. Do you realize this is the same country that, I think it was 1976. I'm not sure, sh- no, 1978. I'm not sure, though, about the year, but it's one of those years, 77, 78, 79. I doubt 79, though. Jimmy Carter, the president at the time, did an interview with Playboy magazine. And of course, you know, I got Playboy magazine at the time as an, you know, a young man, an underage man, and, uh, you know, to read the articles, of course. And that was one I did read, and they asked him, So, you're a Christian, huh? Yeah, that's right. Well... Have you ever sinned? <laughs> and Jimmy Carter admitted that he had lusted in his heart. Now, here's here's a guy giving an interview with Playboy magazine. Okay? Admitting that he has lusted in his heart. Okay, this is a magazine that's all about getting people to lust in their heart, right? Ironic, eh? Well, maybe not so much. The question wasn't ironic. You'd figure, oh, well, okay, they're a good answer. Well, Jimmy Carter probably thought it was a good answer until uh, they basically, the media, began, began to try to crucify this guy. I, it, was, it was really uh, the most extreme that I had seen since, you know, Richard Nixon, and he actually, you know, committed crimes. This guy just admitted to something that, uh, uh, hello, I think everybody, and that means men and women, everybody has done at least once in their life, lusted in their heart. Oh, you know, and I'm not diminishing the fact that it's a sin. I'm just saying. And I'm not even saying that, well, you know, hey, bad man, did you repent? Yes. Well, okay, good for you. But that's not what they did. They tried to crucify this guy over that. Can you, Now, my point here is, look where we went after that. Yeah, 
Here comes Ronald Reagan with his witch wife reading tarot cards and doing astrology from the White House with her soothsayers coming there. That's like Barack Obama's wife's mother, the voodoo princess, living at the White House. And then where do we go? Surprisingly, and I count George Bush as part of Reagan's administration because George Bush was actually running the thing. So I don't do the Reagan and Bush. I kind of forget the four years of H.W. because that was really just a continuation of Reagan's presidency because George was in, in charge anyway. So after that, what do we get? Ah, yes, the well-known reprobate Bill Clinton. In just, what, 12 years, we went from crucifying a guy for admitting that he had lusted in his heart to letting a guy who said, yeah, I got her to do the nasty under the desk in the Oval Office, so what? We let him off the hook. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I've got a warehouse full of dead bodies. I'm a drug dealer with the Bush family. Yeah, I kill people on a regular basis, and I swindle people out of, uh, you know, real estate deals, too. We let him go. Nothing. He's still running around, and now, what is he? Bill Clinton is considered one of the elder statesmen of the Democratic Party? Boy, this country's come a long way, hasn't it? So, I might not like Donald Trump, but I find it refreshing that somebody will get out there and and tell the truth. McCain probably has more experience navigating the issue of immigration than any other national dodging it than any other national Republican politician. He has fought off right-wing challengers in Arizona primaries. Yes, voter fraud and run twice in GOP presidential primaries. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. What do they call that? Straw man? Yeah, that's right. That's what he was when he ran both times for the presidency. Okay, we're giving this one to the Democrats. Uh, who's the loser who will put up a good thing and be a big mouth and uh, you know act like he wants to win, but he knows he never will? Oh, yes, McCain. Oh, you don't think that happens? Well, I know it happens. Because you know what? If it happens on a local level, I know it happens on the national level. And I know for a fact it happens on the local level because it happened right here in Jackson County, Oregon. We have three commissioners, county commissioners. And two get elected in the same cycle, and then one gets elected uh, in the, you know, two years later. That's how they run it. Well, the year... The two were getting elected. There was a Democrat and, at the time, two Republicans. Well, a Republican ran for the Democratic seat. And the the Republican Party put up no candidate. So he ran in the primaries as a Republican because he was a registered Republican, and he won. He won the Republican primary and now was officially the Republican Party candidate for that seat. And do you know, the Republican Party here would not, they would not give him money to print flyers. 
They wouldn't give him the time of day. They wouldn't even make phone calls to get him interviews on the local TV stations. And why? Because they told him, we've got an arrangement. They don't oppose our candidate. We don't oppose their candidate. We're going for status quo here, and that's the deal we made. You don't think that goes on in that on the national level? Well, I do think it does. And I think John McCain was nothing but a straw man candidate every time he's ever run. He's a liar and a fraud. And that's not I don't know what kind of guy he is. I think he's a dirtbag. This is a guy I don't like at all personally. I've never met him. But I don't think I'd like him from his mannerisms and the way he seems to act. But I really, really don't like what he's done. Okay? What he has done is far worse than who he is. I don't really care who he is. I don't care if I like him or don't. I don't have to like him or not. But what he's done is treasonous. And that's what matters to me. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephanie. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still July 16, 2015. It's Thursday, 12.48 or so. And I cut that a little short for those of you that know the whole song. You know, I cut it a little short. It's a real long song, like eight minutes long. And, uh, you know, I, I basically played that, and, and the room did guess that. It is uh, Black Sabbath. War Pigs, and uh, War Pigs, I picked that specifically because I was talking about John McCain, and that's what he is, okay? He's a war pig, and and that's a compliment as far as he goes, so, <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, the first song there was Alvin Lee, so there you go. Anyway... Uh, uh, let's see, uh, 800-932-1980, that's how you call in, and hey, listen folks, uh, I'd like you to call in, 
if you if you are listening and you got any kind of problems like the volume doesn't seem high enough or anything like that uh or it's distorted or there's just some kind of audio problem give me a call and you don't have to you know you don't have to call right now i mean if you don't want to go on the air cuz you will go on the air right now uh you can call after the show okay because uh you know there's a live show on next and you can call the 800 number during that to tell me to give me an audio check uh and and as well as if it's coming in good you know because i get a uh uh a question about is there some kind of problem with the sound it seems a little low blah 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 right and well, gee, you know, I, I pay attention to that and, and see, well, I don't know. I ask other people, and, you know, if there's, say, uh, you know, five people in the chat room and I ask them and four of them say it's good and one of them says it's bad, i got to think maybe it's on your end, but it might not be. You know, it could just be, you know, anything, you know. So the more people that let me know, the better I can fix it if something's wrong. Okay, so anyway, you know the number, 800-932-1980. Let's get back to the dirt bag. Because what his big panties are in a, uh, you know, bundle about is Donald Trump came to Arizona and got the crazies all uh, activated. And, and who he's calling crazies are the people who want to stop illegal immigration. The people who want illegal aliens deported he's calling those people crazies the people that do not want any more free trade because free trade means we're exporting all your jobs overseas and not only that the tpp coming up not only exports all the remaining manufacturing jobs out of this country to slave wage nations it also brings in slave wage workers that would have normally been illegal aliens into America. You know how? Not because they're going to raise the visa limits. They're going to just say there are no more visa limits. It's whatever the corporations say they need. Yeah, so if Microsoft decides, hey, I want to fire 10,000 coders... They're getting paid decent wages and uh, supporting families and American citizens and hire a bunch of Indians who will work for half as much. Well, we need 10,000 visas now. Give them up. you got to do it. It's the trade agreement. That's what this thing is about. And this is the kind of crap that guys like John McCain support. And if you don't, you're a crazy See, if you want to defend your own livelihood, your own family, you're a crazy. According to the lunatic pants peer. Anyway, he has occasionally reined in his enthusiasm for an immigration reform plan that would include a pathway to citizenship for millions of illegal aliens. 
He hedged a bit during the 2008 campaign, meaning he lied in order to try to get people to vote for him. But he has never abandoned the policy for a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens. In other words, we'll take care of the illegal alien problem by stroke of a pen and make them all legal. That's John McCain's answer to illegal immigration. Many Republicans assume that Trump's current position at the top of national polls won't last. And McCain, who said that the last that he last met Trump many years ago, pointed out that conservatives are starting to learn more about Trump's liberal past. He was a big Democratic supporter, he said. Some of his stuff is going to come out. He gave more money to Democrats than Republicans. But wait a minute, so he gave money to Democrats and Republicans. Hmm. Just like McCain has accepted money from liberals and conservatives. This guy, you know, okay, you know, Donald Trump, see, this is something all businesses and all politicians do. They all give money to everybody. They bet on every horse in the race, and that way they can't lose. Business is business. And if you can set yourself, you got enough capital to set yourself up in a position where you can't lose in business? Uh, yeah, let's criticize that. What a stupid idea. Gee, who would want a president like that? Who would operate the country in a manner where we can't lose? Gee, that would be terrible. I mean, after all, after all this time of Americans getting used to losing time after time and time again, I'm sure they'd all be very disappointed to win a few. Oh, yeah, that would be traumatic. We can't have that. You've got to be crazy to want to win. But McCain worried that Trump might have more staying power than many political analysts assume, and he might. And even if he slips in the polls, Trump's attacks on immigrants and his focus on the porous border will have a warping effect for Republicans. Meaning, the scumbag globalists are going to have to talk about it. They're going to have to address it, is what he means. We'll see how this plays out, but there is some anger in my state. Yeah, they all hate you, because they know you rigged the election, you don't deserve to be senator, you should be in prison, and they all know it. He mentioned the continuing challenges of border security that were vividly highlighted when tens of thousands of Central American criminal diseased minors crossed into America last summer. People who otherwise might be more centrist are angry about this border situation. Yeah, the guys like McCain caused. McCain is an ardent backer of his good friend and homosexual Senator Lindsey Graham, who is languishing in the GOP presidential primary polls. Yeah, this guy, man. Graham said on CNN, I think Trump's a wrecking ball for the future of the Republican Party with the Hispanic community. See, guys like Lindsey Graham don't give a damn about you. 
They want that Hispanic vote. They want that Hispanic vote. Well, hell, they've got to be at least 18% of the population, and gee, half of them must vote. Golly, we got to go after them. Screw the 90% white. Well, okay, not 90% white. Screw the 60% white in the country. No, we got to go after that 18%. What? What kind of crazy crap is that? And does Lindsey Graham ever think that the majority of Mexicans are ever going to vote Republican? I don't think so. Unless, of course, the Republicans turn into Democrats, which they pretty much have. We need to push back. He added that Republicans need to reject this demagoguery. If we don't, we will lose, and we deserve to lose. Yes, if we don't embrace the illegal aliens, we deserve to lose. When's Lindsay going to come out of the closet and tell us we need to be all gay and support the homos, too? Lindsay said this is a moral test for our party. Of course, Lindsay was one of the eight of us who negotiated reform. Yeah, reform? It wasn't reform. Okay? It wasn't reform at all. Anyway, so that's what McCain has to say. So, you know what? He's not speaking on his own. I can pretty much guarantee you that. He got his marching orders from the Republican Party, from the National Committee, because that's who McCain actually is, okay? He's the mouthpiece for the National Republican Committee. He's their little go-to guy, all right? When they need somebody up there to throw a fight, they call John McCain. Okay, because they know he'll do whatever he's told because, well, actually, you know, it might not be all his fault. I mean, he may just be, you know, a Manchurian candidate brainwashed by the uh, North Vietnamese globalists. You know, and if that's the case, well, I guess... uh, You know, it's not really his fault. But, I don't know if the North Vietnamese made him a dirtbag that he is. You know, they might have mind controlled him, but did they they make him a jerk too? I I don't know if that's true, but uh, something did. But, what this demonstrates is the Republican National Committee is worried about Donald Trump. And that in itself makes me like the idea that Donald Trump is there and running. And again, don't take that as I like Donald Trump because I really don't like him. I I, I do like him better than John McCain. Uh, But I don't have to like him. I like what he's saying. And I like what he's going to make the Republican Party talk about. Anyway, I got to go. Financial survival is coming up next. I'll see you tonight again. Thanks for listening.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. And this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188. Today's episode is Thursday, the 16th day of July, year of our Lord, 2015. Melody is once again a wall, and I am left to host the program all by myself. With occasional assistance from Frank, the producer, although you won't, you won't hear him, but uh, who knows? He may make a positive contribution from time to time. We won't give him credit for it, you understand. But if anything goes wrong, we'll blame Frank. No credit, uh, but reliability, responsibility, and so on. Let's start with the market reports. Gold is down. Let me get it. Let me update this a little bit. Gold is down four dollars and thirty cents today to one thousand one hundred forty-five dollars and sixty cents per ounce. Silver's down nine cents to $15.10 an ounce, which is just ridiculous. 15 bucks for an ounce of silver? Are you crazy? Same thing with gold. They are at irrationally low prices. This doesn't prove that they can't go lower, but they are at irrationally low prices. It's not a good thing for those people who hold gold because, you know, your savings have been diminished by the fall in the price of gold, but on the other hand, for those of you who believe in gold, 
and believe it's not over till the fat lady sings and when she sings, it's going to be a happy day for gold. This is a great buying opportunity. So we see these low prices, not ideal for people who are holding gold. They are great for people who want to buy gold. And silver, um, platinum, up, up, down $11, $1,014 per ounce. Uh, palladium, also down $11 to $633 per ounce. Take a look at the paper markets. Dow Jones is up 63 points to 18,114. NASDAQ is up 62 points to 5,161. Uh, New York Stock Exchange is up 66 points to 11,025. U.S. dollar index is up 0.5 to 97.65. We'll talk more about that again in a moment. Uh, crude oil down 42 cents to $50.99 per barrel. Crude has also, well, and crude has also gone down significantly in the last uh, oh, couple of weeks, really. It was up to 60 after falling down dramatically and then rising back up to 60. Now it's back around 50. Um, crude is going down. Gold's going down. Silver's going down. Most of the uh, commodities are going down. The paper markets are just holding their own. They go up and down, but they seem to just pretty much hold their own. <clears throat> the magical player in all this appears to be the U.S. dollar index, which is going up. It's been, it rose from about 80, 15 months ago, to right about 100, oh, three months ago, thereabouts. And then it fell back down to low 90s, and now it's risen back where it's close to, it's approaching 98. Now, you sit back, and if you own gold, you're sitting back, so you're not having much fun right now. But you're not alone. Someone else is not having much fun under the current circumstances, and that is the federal government. They're the biggest debtor in the world, and as I keep repeating on a regular basis on the program, deflation is contrary to the best interests of borrowers or anyone who's indebted. Deflation compels you to pay off your debt with more expensive dollars. Even though you borrow $100,000, you repay $100,000, when you finally make that repayment in an area of deflation, you're paying off $100,000 that might be worth 110, 120, 150 compared to the $100,000 that you borrowed. The purchasing power has increased. That's deflation. Same argument or the reverse of the argument virtually everyone has heard when they went to buy a home. Take out the mortgage, you'll be able to pay off the mortgage with cheaper dollars. That's during a period of inflation. Government being the biggest debtor in the world, it needs inflation. And when the dollar is rising, as it has been, for most of the last 15 months, gone from 80 on the U.S. dollar index up to nearly 98 right at the moment. That is terrible news for the government. It means that the government is paying off its debt in dollars that are worth about 25% more in terms of purchasing power as compared to what they were 15 months ago. Now, the government may be able to endure this for a while, but 
I am unable to understand how they can sustain this intentionally for very long. It may be that they'll put up with it for a while because they kind of have to. It may be that they put up with it for a while. We'll suffer deflation right now in order to give Europe a shot at inflation, which might stimulate their economy. There's an argument to be made that Europe's inflation may increase while our in, in direct proportion to our deflation, and that's because the U.S. dollar index is measured against six foreign currencies, including primarily the euro. I think it's about 57% of the weight of the U.S. dollar index is the euro. So when the dollar is increasing in value, odds are the euro is decreasing in value. That's inflation for the euro, deflation for the dollar, good for the European economy, bad for the American economy. And also bad for gold, as when it's insofar as it's denominated in, in U.S. dollars. Gold should be going up in terms of euros and other currencies that are inflating while the dollar is deflating. Gold is going down because at least to significant degree because the dollar is deflating. I look at this and I am bewildered by it. I am... Uh, you know, un unable to offer a good explanation as to why this is being allowed. Why is this being tolerated by the government? Is it because the government has made a dramatic policy change? Or is it because the government has simply recognized there's nothing it can do? You know, they spent the best part of $3 trillion during quantitative easing 1, 2, and 3, injecting that money into this economy with the idea that it would inflate the dollar and people would go out and borrow more and buy more and thereby stimulate the economy, and basically it didn't work. We did not collapse into an overt depression, but at the same time, quantitative easing 1, 2, and 3 their effect was negligible. It may be that they prevented a collapse, but they didn't stimulate the economy. It may be that people in positions of power are simply sitting back and say, look, there's nothing we can do. The forces of deflation are too powerful for us to overcome at this time, so we might as well just sit off the sidelines and let the cards fall where they may. Maybe that's what's going on. Or maybe, again, government has made some dramatic policy change. But the policy change doesn't seem likely to me because we've had the Federal Reserve and federal government have been working to cause roughly 2% inflation per year throughout my lifetime. It's not as if they cause inflation sometimes and later on they cause deflation and they kind of mix it up. They have effectively, they haven't always succeeded, but they've effectively tried to stimulate the economy, can maintain 2% inflation. And yet for the last 15 months or so, we've had something like 25% deflation as measured on the U.S. dollar index. That's not domestic deflation, that's international deflation. Because the U.S. dollar index is six foreign currencies on one end of the teeter-totter and the dollar on the other end of the teeter-totter. And when the dollar goes up in value, they go down. And when they go up, the dollar goes down. 
The deflation isn't necessarily hitting this country domestically, but it's certainly having an effect internationally. It affects our exports because our dollars are more expensive. It's harder for us to export to foreign countries. Um, there are ten, and and deflation is one of the hallmarks of economic depression. When you see an economic depression, you usually see deflation as one of its attributes. Prices fall, prices fall, prices fall. As a result, people know that they can get a better deal tomorrow than they're getting today. They can look at a can of beans, and if a can of beans is selling for 89 cents today, they know. Within a week or two, those same can of beans is going to sell for, instead of 89 cents, maybe 83 cents or 75 cents. And as a result, people sit back and tend to save their money waiting for the best deal, waiting for the price to go lower and lower and lower to where eventually maybe the can of beans sells for 25 cents a can. And you can get four cans of beans or at least three cans of beans as compared to one can of beans right now. If you'll just be patient, it can happen in a period of deflation. As we hesitate to purchase things because we know the prices will be lower in the next days or weeks or months, that just slows the economy. People that are canning those beans, they have to lay off some help because nobody's buying the beans. They're waiting for the prices to fall lower and lower. And as the businesses become more desperate to sell, we've got to sell something, they cut prices, even cutting prices below what costs are. Might cost them 30 cents to make a can of beans. They might they might drop the price down to 25 cents for a can of beans, even though they're losing a nickel, just to get cash flow. It can happen when you are in an era of, defla- in the era of deflation. The point in all of this, from my perspective, one point, is that while we sit here and lament the fact that the price of gold has dropped significantly in the last several years, and we wait for the price to go back up, we are not alone in our misery. The government is also upset about this. You know, for most of the past decade, people have argued that the price of gold has been manipulated and intentionally suppressed by the government and or the Federal Reserve or whoever's in positions of power. I have agreed with that with that contention. I believe it to be true. And yet, if you went back and you looked and looked to see what had happened to the price of gold when it was rising for a decade on up to $1,900 in 2011, if I recall correctly, it did rise. It rose almost persistently about 20% per year. How can you square that with the idea that the government is holding the price of gold down? during a decade bull run. And my argument, my my belief was that government allowed gold to rise 20%, even though left to its own devices, gold might have rose 30%, 40%, 100% a year. Government contained it. They, they held it down to 20% per year, which was, you know, great. If you were a part of that bull run, you said, yay, you know. 
But why did government allow the price of gold to rise at all? If they're really in control, why did they allow it to rise by 20% per year? And the answer, in my opinion, is that government needs inflation. They have to have inflation in order to pay off that enormous national debt with cheaper dollars. And you're not going to have a convincing episode of inflation if the price of gold is falling. So they had to let gold rise. They said, okay, we'll put a lid on it. We're not going to let it run more than 20% per year, but we'll let it rise 20% a year. Now, what happened back around 2011? What has happened? It's one of those things you sit back and you look at and you wonder, and it is a puzzlement, and it's hard to, hard to figure this out, but from my perspective, fundamentals remain. Deflation is bad for debtors. It makes you repay your debt with more expensive dollars. All right, deflation is bad for debtors. Who's the biggest debtor in the world? United States government. The deflation we see that causes the dollar to be worth 25% more over the course of the last 15 months and has had a inverse effect, a, an inverse correlative effect on gold, pushing the price of gold down, that deflation has to be bad news for the government. It has to be driving them nuts. They have to have something up their sleeve. They cannot allow deflation to continue so long as the government is responsible for the enormous national debt. Which leads me to conclude, suppose, predict, speculate. But sooner, than le sooner or later, the government's got to just one way or another, they have to cause inflation. They've got to cause inflation. If they don't, the government's going to have to admit that it can't pay its debts. It'll have to be, in a, it will wind up in a position analogous to that of Greece. And they're going to have to sit back and say, look, Sorry, we're in this period of deflation. We can't pay our debts. We can't pay our bonds. We can't redeem our bonds. We can't fulfill pensions that we've promised to pay. We can't back up uh, the guarantees from the, the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. We're broke. We're busted. And we've been broken and busted by this deflation. They have to stop it. They have to get back into inflation or the government's going to pay a very serious penalty. And one of the penalties, the big penalty is they, they will be forced to admit they can't pay the debt. That's point one. Um, what's the second point? The second point is we can wonder what's going to happen to the dollar. If the government is pushed by deflation to the point where it can't pay the debt, what happens to the dollar? Something's got to change. Somehow that dollar's got to be inflated or replaced by a currency that can be inflated. Something's got to happen to the dollar. And when it does, again, gold goes through the ceiling, in my opinion. <clears throat> We've had an interesting period while we were waiting for these kinds of effects. We've had in a long time, several years. Uh, if you're a gold bug, you're hanging on If you're uh, and you're wondering. But I'm still sitting back here. I'm saying, look, falling price of gold, that's annoying. The gold bugs like myself, 
but the correlative rise in the purchasing power of the dollar has to be driving the government nuts, and they're in a position to do something about it. At least I assume they are, and if they do, we're going to see the dollar once again go into inflation and lose value and gold go up significantly. Let's take a break for some commercials. I'm Alfred Addis, here on Financial Bible. Be back in just a moment. Please stay Make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Are you concerned about prescription drug dependency to stay healthy? Are you worried that the cost and availability of your medications may put your health at risk? Perhaps it's time you consider a natural, safe, and effective way to deal with your health problems. If only you knew where to start. Start right here. Tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. I'm Alfred Addis here in Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188. Give Melody a call. Uh, 
If you're looking for gold and silver, you should be. Prices are irrationally low. I'm not the only person who make this, makes that observation. No telling where they're going to go, but inevitably, I still look at this, and no matter how frustrating the falling prices of gold may have been for the past several years, I don't have the least doubt in my mind that we are going to see a day when gold is going to rise dramatically. And therefore, I'm all right, fine. The powers that be have annoyed me, they frustrate me, they bewilder me, but I'm still sitting back and I am convinced day is going to come when I will get the last laugh. You know, they say it's not over until the fat lady sings or the radio talk show host laughs. Okay, either one. You either got the fat lady or the radio talk show host. Whichever one cracks up, that will be the end of the little drama. Here's something from the Washington Times. And the headline is, Fed's going door to door to seize illegal immigrants' Obama amnesty approvals. Huh? huh. Now, this is interesting. Because our government has done everything it can to accommodate the illegals and allow them to stay in this country and so on. And now all of a sudden they're going door to door to seize their illegal, uh, seize uh, Obama amnesty approvals. Here's the article. It says, goosed into action by an angry federal judge, federal immigration authorities will go door to door demanding illegal immigrants return the three-year amnesty approvals the Obama administration issued to them in defiance of a court order. Now, Obama's been defying the Constitution. He's been defying court orders. He thinks he can do whatever he wants to do. While he sits there in the White House, he doesn't have to execute the laws. He can make them up or ignore them if he cares to. But he defied a court order, and one of the federal judges says, enough of that. We're going to go after everybody who got one of these. Obama has issued these three-year, these are apparently amnesty approvals that were intended to run for three years. Obama has issued them. They are probably issued to individuals whose locations are known. They said, would you like a free Obama amnesty uh, document here? And the illegals say, yes, I would. Or they probably said, CCC. And they gave him the document, but said, you got to tell us where you're living now. And they said, okay, here's where we're living. Well, this allows now the feds understand where to go door to door to collect these things. It says those illegal aliens who don't return their three-year permits will have them terminated at the end of this month. Now, they're caught in a situation where if they don't essentially cooperate and turn in their three-year permits, those permits will be terminated regardless at the end of this month, which makes it look like I don't even know why they're collecting these things. Why not just say, look, it's done, it's over, this is no good anymore. You know, it was wrong to do it in the first place, and we are going to terminate them at the end of the month. And I don't know why they're walking door to door to try to collect the documents, but there may be a reason for it, you know. Um, it may be that you remove the documents, otherwise some of the illegals are going to go to court or wherever, and they say, look, I've got one of these amnesty documents. And they're going to have to tell them, oh, didn't you get the memo? That was terminated the end of July back in 2015. 
They say, oh, man, I didn't get the memo. You know, well, but I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is, but in the national, uh, let's see, this is their, their concern that may be a traumatic encounter between the government officials that are moving door to door to collect these uh, amnesty documents. And they're concerned there might be a traumatic encounter from people who say, no, no, I want to keep my permit. The move comes as Homeland Security officials fed up with slow walking by illegal immigrants are finally playing hardball after months of less forceful measures. And what crosses my mind, I wonder, this has been done on order of a federal judge. Federal judges said, Obama, he disobeyed a court order. He issued these these uh, amnesty documents and without proper authority to do so. And I, the federal judge, am fed up with this, and we're going to put an end. I'm going to put an end to it. And that may be as far as this goes, but I sit back and I wonder, is this the Trump effect? You know, we have had things that ran in favor of illegal aliens time after time after time, and it's been going on for a decade were administrations. I mean, George Bush was openly encouraging illegal aliens. Come on, don't be bashful. Come on, Ed. We won't. We won't prosecute. Obama's done much the same. Clinton was involved to some degree. The illegal aliens. It's all. It's been running all their way for what fifteen years or more. And now we finally see a federal judge who's saying, nope, this has got to stop. And I'm wondering if this isn't a response to what's happened with uh, Mr. Trump running for the presidency. He speaks out about illegal aliens, and the country starts running in his direction. He surges to the top of the Republican Party polls. He's the number one candidate right now. It's just a matter of weeks, because he stood up and he said, look, something's got to be done about these illegals. So I can't help wondering. I like to connect the dots. I like to speculate. It doesn't mean it's true, but I, I can't help wondering if the judge who has ordered the government to go out and collect these illegal amnesty documents, I'm wondering if he did that all on his own, or did he do it because the Donald had finally stepped up into public and he took a shot and he said, let's stop this kind of crap. And the judge said, yeah, he's right. So I'm looking, I wonder, is this a Trump effect? I'll never know. We'll never be able to prove that unless the judge comes forward and he says, well, yeah, the reason I did this is I saw much success, you know, the Donald was having. And uh, that's why I, that's, that's at least part of the reason. Um, we'll never know for sure, but the speculation strikes me as interesting. Here's something from the Washington Times, and the headline is B-52's bad message to China, and they spell bad, B-A-A-D. That's an acronym that means uh, Bomber Assurance and Deterrence Mission. Bomber Assurance and Deterrence, B-A-A-D. That's what it means. Two B-52 bombers conducted a nonstop long-range simulated mission to Australia recently that is part of the Pentagon's effort to bolster allies in Asia against a growing Chinese threat. 
Right? That's interesting. We flew a couple of B-52s to Australia to psych up allies. We're going to encourage them in Asia to resist a growing Chinese threat. But here's a question. All right, there's a growing Chinese threat, but threat to who? Is this a threat to those U.S. allies? Is China getting ready to launch a war against the nations in Asia that would otherwise be obvious U.S. allies? Is that what's happening? Are they being directly threatened by China? Is this Chinese threat a threat to Asia as a whole? China going to try to take over all of Asia? And we're there to protect? We're going to fly B-52s over there? To kind of tell China, better pull in your horns? Or is this Chinese threat a threat to the United States? We have a contest going on between the United States and China to see which nation is going to have the most influence with different countries. It's just the way politics is. It's the way it's been since time began. The United States has been able to take, take it for granted that a significant number of nations in Asia have just necessarily, naturally, inevitably agreed with most of what Washington wants. Now they're talking about a Chinese threat. Now, it's not news. There's always been talk about a Chinese threat. But the threat has become more viable in recent years. Not necessarily because China wants to invade foreign countries. I won't say they do or they don't. But because China is now strong enough economically to even hand out some free money from time to time. And, of course, that's got a bunch of people's attention. They said, wait, wait, whoa, wait a second. China might give us some free dollars or some free yuan. And, boy, if we can get some free money, you know, we like, we like being allies with the United States, but uh, we get more free money out of China than we can out of the U.S., then, you know, maybe we have to rethink our allegiance. So the question is, Chinese threat, threat to who? Threat to those U.S. allies, threat to Asia, or threat to the United States' influence in Asia? And I'm inclined to think the third is uh, the third answer, threat to the U.S. alliances in Asia. I think that's likely the, uh, the answer to the, to the question threat to who the b-52s from barksdale air force base louisiana carried out on july 1st what the pentagon calls a bomber assurance and deterrence mission bad for short in military speak b-a-a-d but get that they're flying from louisiana all the way to australia nice trip The simulated bombing run came amid heightened tensions in the nearby South China Sea, where China has been constructing islands and military facilities and threatened uh, that threatened the strategic waterway used by ships bound to Northeast Asia. The 44-hour mission was conducted with Royal Australian Air Force ground forces and used inert conventional bombs at the Delamare. Um, bombing range in northern Australia. The bomb run received little public attention as part of the Pentagon's effort to avoid upsetting China. Now, what sense does that make? 
if it's true that we're flying B-52 bombers, just two of them, to Australia to bolster our allies in Asia against the Chinese threat, it should be obvious to everybody that the purpose of these B-52s is to illustrate, demonstrate, and prove that we can fly bombers all the way to China. Now, whether we can penetrate our Chinese air defenses is up for grabs, I don't know. But we can theoretically do it. And yet, the article says this is part that didn't attract much public attention because it's part of the, public, uh, the Pentagon's efforts to avoid upsetting China with its shift to Asia. Do you think China hasn't noticed this? China didn't notice that we flew a couple of B-52s all the way to Australia and dropped a couple of bombs on, an, on, a, uh, on, a, on a military range there in Australia? China didn't notice? They didn't understand this was an implied threat? Uh, it's just strange. It's bizarre. How could they not notice? Why would the government even imagine that China wouldn't pay attention to this? There's another article. This is uh, written by... Simon Black of International International Man, if I recall correctly. And he points out that John Maynard Keynes, he's the mastermind behind the Keynesian economics system that is, most people believe that's what's running the world at this point in time. John Maynard Keynes first coined the term barbarous relic when he denounced the gold standard Paul Krugman, that's the economist at the New York Times, he's echoed this sentiment in our own time. Both men are champions of government spending and the inexhaustible creation of paper money. It's a curious statement, though, given that gold is an acknowledged form of savings. Why do we call a form of savings, or not some of us call, why does the government call this form of savings, why do they call it a barbarous relic? Even governments and central banks around the world continue to hold gold as part of their official reserves. Owning gold is saving, which by definition is civilized. Do you understand? Barbarous people don't save things. They just get whatever they got and they had to do what they're going to do with it. It, it. Gold savings is not barbarous. It's civilized. Debt, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. It is the lack of savings that shows a complete disregard for the future. It's modern equivalent of going on some wild, uh, of gorging on some wild beast with no thought of to tomorrow's meal, or in this case, no thought to tomorrow's generation. Debt is the barbarous relic, not gold. This is according to Simon Black. I think that's a very nice insight. It's a wonderful argument. It's the sort of thing where you suspect and say, wait a second, wait a second. Gold is for savings. That's civilized. Civilized people save. It's the barbarians who are all now people. They want what they want right now, and they don't care about what's happening a week from now, a month from now, or 10 years from now. They're all into what's happening now. So I think Mr. Black has made a very nice insight, the sort of thing that we should all pay a little attention to, roll around the back of our brain and consider. What's the barbarous relic? Gold or debt? I think he's got a point. I think debt is the barbarous relic, and gold is actually evidence of civilization. And insofar as we 
avoid gold, we avoid civilization, we embrace death, we embrace barbarism. Let's take a break for some more commercials. I'm Alfred Adams here on Financial Survival. Be right back. Please stay tuned. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Addis here on the Financial Survival. I've got an article from the New York Times. The headline is, As Jade Helm 15 Military Exercise Begins, Texans Keep Watch Just In Case. As many, most of you, many, or most of you, maybe all of you know, military exercise called Jade Helm, actually Jade Helm 15, if I understand correctly, it began yesterday on July 15th. And it involves the dispersal of federal troops into at least seven, perhaps nine states um, under circumstances that have been deemed suspicious by a lot of people. And they've been concerned about this, and the the Internet has been ablaze with warnings about what the government's going to do with Jade Helm and so on. It's, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Well, 
here's the New York Times. They're reporting on it. And they have a story, despite the Internet chatter, about trains with shackles and Walmart stores being closed to be used as detention camps. This small West Texas town, that's Cristobal, Texas, on Wednesday seemed to be surviving the start of Jade Helm 15, the military exercise that some people fear is actually a ruse for a federal takeover of the state. Right? Some people are concerned about this. No military equipment or personnel is visible. No tanks were rumbling past the Beige Metal Community Center on Main Street next there to the fire station, the uh, scene of the 4-H club meeting and the family reunions. But that did not mean that people were not on the alert. I've been looking, said Dr. Jack Campbell, 61, who was picking up the mail at the post office. Dr. Campbell said he had concerns about the exercise and that he purchased extra ammunition for the weapons he kept in his home, just in case, added Dr. Campbell, an emergency physician right? at San Angelo, Texas, 10, 20 miles away. People are vigilant, not vigilantes, but vigilant. They don't want to be caught off guard. Well, I love it. I, I, I'm happy that those Texans are vigilant. I'm happy that the government must have been shocked by the public reaction to sending just a few soldiers down to Texas. Understand? Jade Helm has attracted so much attention. Government has to be said, look, this was no big deal. Huh? And people are stocking up on ammunition. Government's got to be shocked by the adverse reaction. It's not everybody. It's not a majority of people, but there is a significant percentage, an unknown percentage, but significant, that says, uh-uh, we don't trust you guys. Uh, according to the reports I've seen, Jade Helm will disperse somewhere between a total of 1,000 and 1,200 soldiers into at least seven and possibly nine states. That's an average of somewhere between 110 and 170 soldiers per state. It's possible that as many as 500 might have come to Texas, but 500 soldiers couldn't take over the city I live in, let alone the state of Texas. The numbers I've seen are correct. The right wing's reaction to Jade Helm has so far proved to be an overreaction. Okay? When people got all hot and bothered, oh, my God, the government's coming to get us. They're going to put us in concentration camps and send us off in chains in, 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 uh, in railroad cars with shackles to concentrate, you know, uh, maybe to be executed. And what, there's been a bunch of paranoia going, paranoia going on here. And the reaction has been excessive in proportion to the number of soldiers that have been involved. If my understanding is correct, there's a maximum of 1,200 soldiers in seven states, maybe nine. You know, what's that? That's, that's just, you know, you could put that many soldiers on an average basis. You could put them into a Denny's restaurant. Then what? Are they going to take over the freeway or something? I'm not arguing that Jade Helm is benign. I'm not arguing that it can, that it wouldn't lay the foundation for something more serious and severe in the future, more malicious. No, that's not my point. My point is, first, 
that if there's only 1,200 people involved in this thing, it wouldn't matter if all 1,200 came to my house. It's not that big a deal. Um, But nevertheless, I'm glad to see the overreaction that's resulted from this relatively small exercise. 1,200 people? Is that true? I've seen two reports. One said 1,000, one said 1,200. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what the true number is, but that's what I've seen. And if that's the case, then, then, then it's all overreaction. But I'm still glad to see the overreaction because it's got to scare the feds. There are people in Texas and other states who are so distrustful of the federal government that they are ready to fight the feds. Not just protest, not just print up a little sign, stand out in the street corner someplace. They are ready to fight. They are ready to take up arms. And this has to make the government sit back and say, holy cow. We got to mend some fences here. Because the truth of the matter is the government doesn't have enough people to impose martial law in this country. There's the truth of it. A lot of people are concerned about martial law, and I'm not trying to advise that people should be, you know, dis- unconcerned, ignorant. I'm not my point, but I'm just saying the government has to know that it doesn't have enough military and enough police to impose martial law in this country. Government could barely control Iraq, a nation about the size and population of Texas. They spent eight and a half years trying to get that under control, and what happened? Nothing good. The government would have its hands full just dealing with Texas, and then there's 49 states besides that to deal with if government decided to impose martial law. I'm not worried. I don't doubt that they'll try, they'll, they'll do some things that to try to deprive us of more liberties, freedoms, Subject us to higher taxes and more regulations. I get that. I'm not here to say the government is your friend. I don't believe they're here to help us. But realistically, there's things they can't do. And they can't, the only way they can do them is if they can scare enough people into believing that the government is so powerful that there's nothing you can do to resist. And they like to do that. They Oh, here we come. We're going to huff and puff and blow your house down. No, they're not. I know if the government comes knocking at your door or mine, it's going to be a very bad day for the people living at that address. I also know that the government can't come to too many doors. They don't have enough resources. The police represent about three-tenths of a percent of the population. The total military represents about three-tenths of a percent of the population. If you put those, the military and the police put them on three shifts... Right? It works out to a maximum of two-tenths of a percent of the population. They're outnumbered 500 to 1 on any given shift. That's, that's in terms of, that's including children and elder, elderly and the rest of that. But just the same. You cannot impose a military dictatorship on people when there's only two cops and or police on duty for every, what, thousand people you're not going to take this country over that way 
You could take it over if the thousand people believed that the government was so strong that it was possible. And people were intimidated into silence. And they didn't, they didn't even look out the window and say, oh, don't say anything, don't say anything. You might, the government might get upset with you. They might come knock on your door. They might, who knows what they'll do. <clears throat> what I'm trying to communicate is the idea that our unreasonable and excessive fear of government actually serves to empower the government. If you're afraid of these people, that helps them to control you. On the other hand, if you look at the truth of the matter, say, look, they don't have enough. Uh, you know, in a worst-case scenario, suppose there was an economic collapse. The banks closed and, uh, and the transfer si transportation system began to break down. We couldn't get food into the community and the rest of that. What do you think would happen in terms of establishing martial law? The truth is that most of us would be screaming for government to establish martial law. It's not a situation where government comes in and says, well, we're here and we're taking over. Under a worst-case scenario where, you know, a, a Mad Max situation where crazy people are running around the streets trying to steal your last Hershey bar or whatever. Under those circumstances, the average American is going to be begging for martial law. We don't have to worry about the government imposing itself. What we have to worry about is whether the government would have enough people to make a difference. And the answer is it's virtually certain that they don't. Worst case scenario, it will be Mad Max because there won't be enough government people around to control anything. And don't imagine I mean that that I mean that we should have more government and more police and more military than the rest. That's not my point. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm just saying, look, you have to recognize, number one, that you are a lot stronger than maybe you've been led to believe. And two, you have to begin to recognize that if you're not stronger, you better start getting stronger because under a worst-case scenario, you are the guy that's going to have to defend yourself and your family. You're not going to be able to get much help from the government. They're going to disappear the same way they did in the riots in, uh, in California. Riots get too scared. The, 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 they're gone. The riots, riots become too violent. Cops are going to go hole up in their police department or go home and try to protect their own families. They are not, you cannot count on them. And you won't be able to count on the military. Take all the military, bring them all back from wherever they are in Korea and Europe and around the world. They're stationed, bring them all back. They still don't have enough to handle this country and subject it to overt martial law. So... I'm pleased by this report that there's P there are people in Texas who are overreacting. Yeah, they're overreacting. But it's a good thing. On the one hand, it's telling the government, look, you better watch your step. There's people out here. A doctor, they're telling the story of a 61-year-old doctor, medical doctor. He's buying more ammunition just in case. We're not just talking about the lunatic fringe. We're talking about the middle class and the upper middle class. 
We're talking about people that are concerned, and the government, and, and, and part of this, and a big part of this, can be traced, in my opinion, to the idea that 80% of the people distrust the government. The government only has, the Congress only has a, an approval rating of 17 to 19%. 80% disapprove. Yeah. That means they disapprove, they distrust, they are expecting that their trust will be further betrayed by the government. They are buying more ammunition just because the government has decided to disperse 1,000 or 1,200 men and soldiers into seven or nine states. The natives are definitely restless, ladies and gentlemen, and they're ready to fight, some of them. And if the government were smart, it would begin to rebuild bridges. All right? It would begin to recognize that maybe the American people have finally had enough of a government that openly violates the laws, as President Obama has done. He violated the court order that he couldn't issue these amnesty documents, and he issued them anyway. There's laws that he doesn't enforce. He doesn't protect the country, the borders, from an invasion by illegal aliens. No significant effort is being made to remove the illegal aliens from this country. It's just that it's been encouraged by treasonous whores in Congress, in the White House. They break the laws and they just laugh about it. They just wink. They feel they don't have to obey the law. Well... That's why this doctor we were just talking about in the New York Times, he's buying extra ammunition because he's heard about Jade Helm. It goes to the idea that more and more people are distrusting the government, and if the government has any brains, they'd better start rebuilding that trust. They'd better get on the Donald Trump bandwagon and say, yeah, buddy, baby, we want, yeah, we always, I never liked those illegal aliens, and we're all for enforcing the law, and you know you can count on us. They better start rebuilding those bridges, or the American people, don't tell them what's going to happen here, but there is a tension and a massive distrust. And that distrust is what predisposes us to overreact. Right? There was a time when the government could have had something like Jade Helm and it would be interesting. Today, for a lot of people, they have Jade Helm and it inspires fear, apprehension, anxiety. Government needs to pay attention to that. Government needs to do something to rebuild American confidence in government. And that won't be easily done, but it needs to happen. I'm Alfred Addis. We're out of time for today. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. 
Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Train to live off nature's land. Trained in combat, hand to hand. Men who fight by night and day. Courage takes from the green beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men. We'll test today, but only three win the green beret. Back at home, a young wife waits. Her green beret has met his fate. He has died for those oppressed, leaving her. This last request. All right, everybody. Wow, here we are, still alive, uh, waiting for the rapture. And I would recommend that you be prepared to do as Christ said, endure. And that means you need to be prepared. Readiness, so that you can stand uh, in times of great challenge, which we see is occurring all over God's earth. So I would highly recommend that you take whatever steps. There are a number of sites that if you are not confident in combat medicine, that you visit these sites and secure information that will allow you to treat your own loved ones or be treated at times when uh, 911 cannot answer. And if you don't have a year's supply of food, get food. I've eaten, a, we did it as a part of our spike training. We actually used the survival food that is provided by uh, many experienced makers, and it is quite good if you will follow the instructions. When it comes to uh, fixing beans, make sure those beans are soaked well long before you serve them up. Otherwise, uh, depending on the number of people you have consecrated at one area, it could become toxic, if not explosive. So be ready. Have a firearm. Know how to use it. Have uh, ammunition available so you can protect your home, your family. Now, uh, I don't mean to just lace the program with scary things because every day there is a story there are 2500 children 
that are murdered by their parents in the United States every year. Friends, that's almost 10 a day. So, uh, again, I'm not meaning to scare you, but what I'm meaning to do is to show you the times that we live in. Now, you would think that the Hasidic, Orthodox, Jewish communities would be among the safest on the planet. Well, that's what they say. In Brooklyn, in these little uh, areas where everywhere you look, somebody's wearing a black uh, fedora, and every place you look, there are side uh, hair curls. But this little boy, eight years old, is walking two blocks. Now, this was the first time that his mother had said, you can come home by yourself. He had been riding a bus from his home to his little day camp. It's an all-Jewish type thing. And it was only two blocks. Now, the boy wanted to bring his backpack, feel like he was on a little bit of a, a hike, and he wanted to walk home. His mom said, okay, two blocks. And what happens? He is intercepted. Now, this is all in this Jewish community, and the reason I bring it out is because it is supposed to be a very safe area. The only people that seem, as I looked at the available video, were Hasidics and Orthodox Jews. Now, the boy, they have surveillance of him. He's wearing this backpack. A man by the name of Levi Aaron captures this boy and murders him, abuses him horribly, kidnaps him two blocks from home, and he is murdered. Now they have this on surveillance, and so this guy, Levi Aaron, uh, has been arrested, and basically, uh, this thing is, uh, you know, has got just to go through uh, the legal processes. But the point is that the family has lost this son, who is eight, who is going to a day camp. Can you imagine the horror in that little boy's heart, his mind, when this? adult, this pervert, this predator, snatches him, kidnaps him, abuses him, and then kills him. I tell you, you can not be in any kind of complacency anymore Otherwise, you are like a worm that is just dropped into a fish pond, and you are gently floating toward the bottom, 
thinking, gosh, this is nice and cool. The predators will see your weakness. I'm warning you. I'm not trying to scare you. You know, I conduct a uh, karate a class that is classical karate twice a week here in the little township that I live in of Sandy Valley. But what it is is not just classical karate, but it is Green Beret karate. I don't want any of these family people in this little community since they have to go almost a hundred miles to get bread and gas and to go into town to have things done. It makes them vulnerable on the road. And uh, it's not going to be my fault that any of them are prey for you should see this weasel that captured this little eight-year-old. This guy, Levi Aaron. Boy, you wonder how, uh, why we don't profile, and uh, how they allow, you know, a scumbag like this uh, even to uh, exist into adulthood. Take one look at him, and uh, he looks evil. So kindly, please. Uh, Take what measures you need to, and you don't have to try. And uh, like a tiger eating an elephant, you can't eat the elephant in one bite. So you just eat the elephant one bite at a time. And do as you can, you know, with your savings. Buy a weapon, learn how to use it, get ammunition, buy food, and uh, get medical supplies that will allow you to be treated or treat others and just gradually bill your cash and have secret places in your home. And there are a lot of already there secret places. Usually if you will look at cabinets, uh, they will have uh, uh, like the bottoms uh, of where the shelf is. You can actually pick that up, and there will be two or three inches uh, to where the runners that hold the, uh, you know, that particular piece of furniture uh, up, and you can put valuables in there. Look for places. I've got a whole manual on special forces caching. And uh, you can look up caching on your Internet to see how and where you can hide things of, that you will need in your home. Yet they should be available so that you can instantly reach them. All right, I want to go through. There's a lot of news today. The first thing I'm going to give you is a blitz of figures. You need to sort of understand physically what we are dealing with. So you should always have something to write down notes. People are always asking me these questions. I give them the answers. 
you can write them down. You will now have a profile that you can give these figures because these figures are accurate, almost up to the digit. All right, the national debt today is actually $14 trillion. Four hundred and ninety-eight billion five hundred and well five hundred million fourteen trillion four hundred ninety-eight billion five hundred million. Now you say, well, Bo, the debt ceiling is fourteen point three. I agree with you, but remember what Gaither, the secretary, has said, the secretary of the treasury, through creative bookkeeping, they have arranged to tuck away and divert and not see and don't count so that we remain until uh, the 2nd of August under the debt ceiling. Now, the interest that you, the United States, pays to private banks that are part of the Federal Reserve. You see, there's a guy, I know him. He's an aviator. He's a Vietnam vet. He started Federal Express. Now, do you think that you know Federal Express? They do overnight shipping and have uh, for a long time. Do you think that the Federal Express is federal? It isn't. It's just a name. Do you think the Federal Reserve is federal? Do you think it has any reserves? It doesn't. So what is the Federal Reserve? I've told you before, so I won't waste much time on it now. We do have a federal employee. His name is Bernanke. He took Greenspan's place. Remember, one of the probably ugliest human beings ever created was Alan Greenspan. He was probably the most influential, financial, uh, powerful man on the planet when he was as long as he could be. The... Uh, Federal Reserve Chairman. Now, the Federal Reserve Chairman works for in the federal system. But this system itself, the Federal Reserve System, is privately owned banks. And so what are we paying these privately owned banks? We are paying them $212 billion dollars That's what we owe, and it grows. What month are we in? We're in the seventh month. So right now, the debt on the interest. Now, how come we owe them interest? Because every dollar that is minted, the face value of that dollar is loaned into existence. To these, to these banks, these Federal Reserve banks. And so we have to pay the interest on the money that we make. And it's just, there's nothing behind it. No gold, no silver, no lead, nothing. It's paper. 
the Federal Reserve pays like three and a half cents for the paper, then we owe the face value of whatever the ink says. And right now, you see, Obama is talking about today, he says. We may not be able to pay the military. We're not going to be able to pay the veterans that are disabled. We're not going to be able to pay maybe Social Security or Security Insurance, the SSI people. Friends, he says, because there isn't anything in the coffers. Well, let me tell you what's in the coffers right now. What's in the coffers is an interest of 200 and $12 billion. Do you think that there's a chunk of change? We just don't pay. It, is, it was made legal by the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. That was the same time as the income tax. And, you know, by the way, this graduated income tax is one of the ten points of the Communist Manifesto. My daughter is uh, back from China and, and pooping and doing her thing, and Melody is going to school. One of her courses right now uh, has to be with economics, and she had to write a 15-page paper defending progressive income tax. And I said, well, pup, uh, that's pretty easy, actually. What you do is just take the defenses of Marx and Lenin and Trotsky and Stalin because they were defending progressive income tax because that's the whole idea of communism. That way, the rich people have to pay a lot. The poor people don't have to pay much. So the United States enacted this income tax in 1913. And, of course, what happens is we need an engine to get this Federal Reserve started. So we got World War I. Now huge debt comes. Ah, well, we've got to, we have to make that money. And so everything printed. And how did the federal, how did the banks get away with this? Do you think that the American people in 1913 were stupid? They weren't. What did they have for information? They had radio. They didn't have any television. They didn't have any smartphones. Uh, they didn't actually have radio as we know it. Newspapers provided the bulk of the information. So what the banks did is they identified the 50 most influential newspapers in America, and they bought them up. Now, they had these 50 5-0 newspapers print propaganda that made the people believe or think that federal banks, private banks, bankers, professional bankers could handle the currency and the credit of the United States better than an elected Congress. Because that's what it says in the Constitution. This is Article 1. The U.S. Congress will uh, take care of the 
currency and the credit of the United States. And so people ended up passing this. Well, they weren't dumb. They would have never accepted it, except back then there was a lot of coins also uh, being minted. And the Federal Reserve Act says that for every paper dollar, uh, the Federal Reserve, the private banks, pay for the paper. And then the face mount is what the people must borrow. The United States borrows this money as if it belonged to the banks. Well, what does this mean? It means that the, the debt can never go down. Now, the American people get the credit for the face value of every coin that is minted. That goes against the debt that we owe the Fed. But what is the amount in coins versus the amount in paper dollars? And that is why we owe ourselves, we owe these damnable bankers. Let me say it in the words of Andrew Jackson, a den of vipers and thieves that he said by the power of the Almighty he would rout out, and he did. You know, the debt of the United States under Andy Jackson was zero, nothing. And that's what America's debt ought to be today. Instead of being $14 trillion, $500 billion. And the interest, I mean, this is the first, you know, Ron Paul said yesterday, well, do you know, one of the things that you do uh, that'll help uh, this uh, crisis we've got with the debt ceiling is just stop paying the interest to the Federal Reserve. That's $212 billion right now today. All right. He says, I'm talking about Obama, that may not be able to pay a Department of Defense. Department of Defense, what that part of our budget is, is $701 billion. $322 million. Okay? It's not the most expensive. Social Security, $714,929,000,000. In other words, $715 billion Social Security. 422 billion four hundred and sixty four million in SSI. That's people, that's insurance, income insurance. That's people who's got disabilities and stuff like that. Medicare. And here is where, you know, we could just uh, pick this thing apart because of its it is rampant fraud. You know, if they made hanging uh, the penalty uh, when you were found to have committed fraud with this Medicare, it would change the pharmaceutical companies and the hospitalization and medical and health providers. Medicare, right now, $821 billion, 
$394 million. All right, federal pensions. They count for, and this is what Obama says, he's not going to be able to pay. Federal pensions are $211 billion. Four hundred and sixty-five million. All right, now let me show you the tax coming in. This is what you've heard. Now we have a one trillion three hundred ninety-four billion dollar deficit. We are spending three trillion five hundred ninety-one billion dollars right now under Obama. All right, now listen to these figures. As a matter of fact, I'll give you these figures when we come back from the break. But just two figures real quick. Income tax coming into the government, $946,800,000,000. That's almost a trillion dollars. Payroll tax coming into the government, $840,000,000,000. 400 million. When you add that together, right there, you got $1.7 trillion available to the federal government to pay its bills. All right, it's politics, and it ought to be against the law. Liars should suffer terrible penalties when they're in positions of trust and confidence. Stay with American Voice Radio. It's freedom. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530 265 8333. 530 265 8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. What an expert says about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold 
standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides, or lead. You get nothing but H2O, maximum health. Dr. Robert D. Willis Jr., MD. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
fact, guys, you don't have to hold out for heroes anymore. As a matter of fact, talking to Frank Steffen, owner-operator of American Voice Radio, he mentioned, he said, hey, Bo, last Saturday, Sunday, I ran phase one of spike training. Now, when you send off normally, you know, to get some kind of specialized training, uh, it'll be 40 minutes, uh, or and it'll cost you, you know, $40 or whatever. Free. You can watch on AVR, and uh, now Frank has got it figured out how to give you video and audio. Saturday, Sunday of this last week, he played Phase 1, which was eight hours of specialized training. Now, this coming Saturday, Sunday, he will play Phase 2, which the core of Phase 2 is lockpicking. But in every one of the 12 phases, we had a combat medicine phase that you don't want to miss. I mean, we do uh, traumatic wounds. I'll tell you, there is no, I have had more letters still get emails thanking me because they've got a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old beautiful daughter or son that was born at home under emergency conditions where the dad, because they didn't have any professional help, had just watched phase four of Spike, which the core in combat medicine is delivery of children under field conditions that covers things like prelapse and, uh, uh, you know, reverse births. I mean, these are the, all the complications. This isn't where everything goes just fine. You need on Saturday and Sunday maybe to have a family gathering. I know it's eight hours long, but you sit there and uh, learn, copy it, do whatever you want to with it. I think it's wonderful. Frank, that is not, you're not charged a penny, and yet uh, you are receiving. You're going to learn counter-terrorist driving. You're going to learn how to hit the target with every shot. That is gun control, the only gun control that uh, I would subscribe to. You're going to learn every. And a matter of fact, you'll see the people who are the instructors, they're not always the same. Uh, you are going to have Ken Anderson that will be an, a talk show host beginning in August. Ken is a master of herbs and uh, naturopathic methods. Uh, he, I mean, I can't say enough about him. You'll see him. He's one of our instructors on the spike training, teaching you about uh, herbs uh, and stuff like that uh, in the medical field. So uh, phase three is gun control. Phase four is uh, childbirth. You're going to learn all about communications. Uh, you're, uh, everything you need to know you have in the spike training. Twelve phases. Ninety-six hours of training. So you can't say... Well, geez, we never really had an opportunity. You're going to see how to make your house or your safe room absolutely bulletproof. 
you're going you will you will see everything you need about alternative energies and uh, you name it you're going to see Scott Weekly who is a genius you're going to see uh, people like Charlie McCowan who is a world champion in pistol shooting uh, you're going to see uh, you know my family as uh, I didn't know whether I could just teach counter-terrorist driving like Delta Force is trained uh, to protect ambassadors and other high-value targets that we want to keep alive. But I went out and uh, rented a Ford, the most common uh, car that was on the road at that time that you'll see. And uh, I put my daughter in the driver's seat. I sat in the shotgun seat. My daughter-in-law was in the back seat, and uh, we're on a narrow two-lane road. And I said, Melody, just do what I say, and I, because it comes pretty quick. But I gave her the instructions. We did a reverse, a, a bootlegger turn, and she was still in the same lane. It was perfect. James Bond. Couldn't have done a better turn. And so then, uh, you know, I, next thing you know, I said, by golly, maybe we can do this. Uh, so besides doing reversals, doing J-turns, uh, we taught ramming and, and uh, you know, what they call these pit maneuvers. You'll learn them all. And as a matter of fact, one of the babies, you'll see a baby in the back of uh, the ramming car. Now, here we got two uh, hostile vehicles that are blocking a road. You're down in Mexico, let's say. They're going to kidnap you. They're going to demand ransom. They're going to abuse you, rape you, cut you up maybe, and have you for dinner. The idea is you see exactly. You've got to follow the formula. You don't follow the formula, then it doesn't work. You do what I tell you in this counter-terrorist driving, I guarantee you, you will bust their cars, which are the, the blocking force, and you will maybe knock out at most just the, uh, the little parking lights on your car. And you'll see one of the babies that was birthed under a spike four, brand new baby, is in the back seat in mama's arms, and in, she's in the rammer car. And there's a couple other kids back there. And we had, we did a really good job on the video. So you, we use more than one camera, and you see the, the hostile people have the roadblock. We roll up, we do the formula. Uh, they smash through, and one of the cameras is right on the baby. Baby never even wakes up. Now, when you can smash through a roadblock and not even jostle a child in the backseat of your car, you're driving counter-terrorist. And all of that is for free. Then what you do is don't use your car. You go out and rent a car. I rented cars. In 10 cities across the United States, 12, I mean, it was, and, you know, I now I have to admit, 
depending on, I think it was like up uh, around Salt Lake, we were doing our training at an airport. The airport was old, and the, uh, the runway was really rough. And uh, before I could turn those cars in, with my own conscience being the way it, it is, I had to go out and put new tires on, like, uh, two of of the spinners uh, because it, we just used all the rubber up. But uh, I know in Portland we had, it was an interesting thing because the, the police lieutenant came out and said, well, because we use the police driving range there at the airport, and he said, so, uh, Colonel Greitz, he said, I'm uh, in re- man responsible for all of the uh, driving skills uh, for the Portland police. And I said, well, I'm fine to meet you. And he started watching us. He said, uh, 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 we would never teach our officers to do any of these things. We just use cones and teach them how to maintain control. I said, well, this is counter-terrorist driving. Here's where you have uh, dependents or children or important people in a vehicle, and you have men that are dead set on killing or harming them. And so we're not just patrolling the streets. I can understand. He said, but we'd never show anybody how to do this kind of stuff. You know, like they're afraid that their own people, you know, might be doing these J-turns and uh, these bootlegger turns. But you need to know this. And ramming uh, these roadblocks, and you talk about pit maneuvers. I mean, we uh, it looked like a uh, sideshow, you know, for daredevils uh, watching uh, our, our rammers uh, show you exactly how somebody is giving you a hard time. They roll up. They're going to shoot you uh, across the lane. You just take your foot off the accelerator, let them pull up a little bit. You follow the formula that you see. You do the pit maneuver. Guarantee you they're going to spin out right in front of you, crash on the right side of the road, and you keep on going. All right, let me get back to the news because there's a lot that you need to know today. Here are demographic numbers. You need to understand these numbers. U.S. population, 311,756,927. So what is that? That's 311,757,000 people. All right, that's what we got in America. Here's how it breaks down. These are the numbers of taxpayers that make money, that pay the government, uh, the taxes that uh, come in. And what did I tell you the income taxes are? $946,800,000,000. And the companies pay the federal government payroll taxes, $840,400,000,000. So what is Obama doing with that? That is income that's coming in regardless you know, of his uh, reaching the debt ceiling. So you use the money that's coming in and you cut some of these programs that don't make any sense and don't pay, just like Ron Paul says. 
By the way, Ron Paul has an ad, that a professional television ad, that he is putting out. You'll hopefully see it like this week that uh, tells you why you don't want to lift the debt ceiling. We don't have to. We can live within our means. We really can. All right, I just gave you the number of taxpayers. The number of unemployed. Now, remember, 311 million people. 24 million. Well, how many taxpayers? 111 million taxpayers. How many unemployed? 24,814,378. So that's basically 25 million unemployed. We've got basically one-fourth, a little bit less than one-fourth of our nation that would be working is not. U.S. families, remember we have 311,756,000. Well, families, we got 82,102,659 families. Now, of the 800, I'm sorry, of the 82,000, boy, I'll get it right. Of the 82,102,000 families, 400, I'm sorry, 45,038,474 are on food stamps. That is a shame. All right, now, let's get into some of the meat of the news. Obama, yesterday, got up, walked out of the meeting. Obama uh, has warned uh, people, the Republicans, not to try and, uh, and pull his bluff. He says, for example, quote, don't call my bluff. I'm going to the American people. Well, Obama thinks he can go to the American people. Remember, he's a Chicago neighborhood organizer. That's where he comes from. And he thinks he can, because he's the president, he can sweet mouth you. And you will believe, but I'm giving you the figures Listen to what the the other side of the story, no matter how thin the pancake, there's always two another side, isn't there? I can guarantee you what I've heard Obama saying, he's lying. So don't listen to him without listening to the other side. And especially try to listen to Ron Paul. And when he says, well, just stop paying the Federal Reserve. And when Ron Paul gives us, do you understand that we have 946 billion, 800 million that comes to the federal government through income tax? I mean, there's almost a trillion dollars there. And we've got 840 billion, 400 million that come to the federal government through payroll tax. And so our 
federal spending is three trillion five hundred ninety-one billion dollars. So what you do is you stop this. You stop this. And how do you stop it? Well, I mean, we've already discussed. Let me go back and so I don't miss. On I only have about uh, six minutes left uh, with you. So Tom, uh, Tim Geithner, the Secretary of the Treasury, you know, he is Obama's appointment. He says we can't allow Congress any more time to sort out the money shortage. Obama says uh, that uh, he, I mean, he just walked out on them. Now they're, they're meeting again as we speak right now. They, he invited Pelosi, who is a Democrat, and uh, Boner, who is, uh, Boehner is the Speaker of the House, to come to Camp David. They said no. Pelosi and, and Boehner, I mean, Pelosi's one of Obama's own. I wanted to let you know Romney is still the front runner, but you know something? Romney will not beat Obama if he has Clinton as a vice presidential running mate. So we got to come up. We've got to come up with somebody better than that. Minnesota, remember, they ran out of money. They are still shut down, and people are beginning to suffer. So it is, oh, by the way, uh, Clements, probably one of the greatest baseball pitchers of all time. Remember, he was facing uh, 30 years in prison. Well, he walked in today, and the prosecutor, so irresponsible that he showed a film clip that the judge had already looked at that was double hearsay. In other words, uh, it was Clements telling another player about using steroids and this player telling his wife who is telling the investigator. It's double hearsay. It's not admissible. The prosecution opens up with this as if the prosecutor didn't know the judge had already ruled it out. So the judge immediately declared a mistrial due to the prosecution's presentation of evidence that had already been ruled out. Now, as a double hearsay, the judge hasn't ruled on whether it is with prejudice or not. If it is with prejudice, it means that they cannot bring another trial against Clemens. If it is without prejudice, it means that they can put another trial together, and maybe this time uh, don't uh, present evidence the judge has already ruled out. They're going to make this decision on September 2nd. So the uh, man who's been in the most valuable player uh, position more times than anybody else uh, is off the hook, uh, at least for now. The judge will make up his mind on the 2nd of September. The Defense Department lost 24,000 secret documents stolen uh, by cyber attack from China. 
And now they have declared uh, this Internet an operational domain, domain for the Defense Department, which means that they are going to be uh, patrolling, outposting, actively uh, using counterintelligence methods uh, to interfere with, monitor. I mean, what the Defense Department is saying is everything is off the table. we got to stop uh, the communists from stealing our secrets, and so we're going to get active in the Internet. So you can expect, uh, if you see funny things happening to your computer, it may not be the hackers. Uh, it may very well be the Pentagon's own. Uh, let's see. I wanted to uh, to mention to you that uh, it's sixty seven percent of Americans say tax the rich to get this uh, debt limit raised. Friends, again, I tell you. Progressive income tax is a plank, one of the ten of the Communist Manifesto. It is not what America is about. You can go to the Internet and just type in uh, Communist Manifesto. It'll bring up the ten planks. Look and see what this... I mean, I think... God for the communists because I know vets that munitions have uh, a rocket round will hit right next to a soldier. I know one personally and didn't go off. In my case, personally, a man in a spider hole tried to shoot me uh, with a PPSH submachine gun and twice the ammunition failed. When I tried the submachine gun, uh, the third time it worked perfectly well. So this is communism. They don't pay anybody anything. So people uh, don't have dedication. There's no reason to try to work your way uh, to the top. There's no bonuses. We don't want this, and that's what we end up if we allow socialists and communists like Obama to, and you cannot phase not, to lead us like a, a donkey uh, with a carrot, well, we have this big deficit, $1.394 trillion, $1.4 trillion deficit. But the way we get rid of it is we just lift the debt ceiling. See? Then we don't have a deficit anymore. No. All that does is increase taxes. Next thing you know, we have such a progressive system against the rich that it is communism. And communism has failed. And yes, there are communist nations today, Red China, North Korea, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. Many look at, uh, at the uh, sub-Saharan Africa, many socialist communist nations. But it doesn't work. All right, guys, I will um, come back with you tomorrow. 
And uh, just be careful. Don't be sucked in. 67% of the people saying we just ought to tax the rich. That's shameful to think that America is that ignorant. All right, guys. Uh, stay hard like woodpecker left. Freedom call. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Welcome to Mission Watch Live, another Messiah's Branch national satellite radio program. We are broadcasting live from the Foothills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is July 16, 2015. With Mission Watch Live, we are warning the world as it happens. If you need help with anything after this program, please call me. If you need a prayer, you can call me for that also. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. Or you can do like some folks do. They actually send me an email with their uh, prayer request in the email. I print it out. I take it with us to Sabbath service. We anoint it with oil, and we pray on it. And then if you want, we can even send you that anointed letter back, but you'd have to include your address. But anyway, you can get a hold of me. My phone number is 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. And in emergency, my cell phone is 316-619-4886. And, folks, uh, the devil sure does work overtime to get – to stop this program. Today, just before radio, my mic, for some reason, is not working, and so I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. Instead of talking to you over a microphone, I got an old-fashioned hand handset, you know, telephone in my hand, and so we're doing this by telephone. Isn't that different? Anyway, you can always find updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com, prophecyhour.com. Our program archives can also be found at prophecyhour.com and a link over there that says End Time Radio Archives. Anyway, we'll have a prayer, and we'll bring on tonight's guest, because I'm really excited to hear what he has to say about some certain things today. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray, Father, I pray radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will, and nor our guest's will. So please, Father, give everyone out there ears and wish to hear the truth. Amen and amen. Well, our guest tonight has been on with us many times before. He is most centered on watching Iran and what he thinks will happen soon. He is the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to the End Times of the Last Days and the Watchman Guide series, some of which include The Watchman's Guide to the Time of the End, Watchman's Guide to Revelation, Watchman's Guide to the Rapture, Watchman's Guide to End Time Repentance, and Watchman's Guide to Daniel's Prophecy. I'm not sure if he's added to that list, but you can sure find him on Amazon. Anyway, I asked him to come back on tonight because, as I say, he focuses a lot on Iran, and there was a so-called Iran nuclear deal tomorrow, and so I thought, who better to talk about this than Richard Perry? Welcome, Richard. Hello, Pastor Dan. Good to be back with you. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I, I feel funny talking into a telephone. I haven't did that in years. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you seem to be doing well with it. <laughs> yeah, amen. For now, my ear hasn't fell off. You know how you get with that, you know, phone up against the ear thing. But anyway, the program goes on, and, and uh, I think I can hear you real good, so that's a good thing. Um, so, Richard, um, uh, did you add any more to that Watchmen series? Or uh, tell us a little bit, the folks, a little bit about them so they can find them. Yeah, um, well, the best way to find my books or my YouTube videos or what I'm posting on Twitter or Facebook is just to put to Google my name, Richard H. Perry. And uh, and you'll find, you know, I'm easy to find. Just put in Richard, the full name, Richard H. as in Harry, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y. And, and it'll take you to the information. You know, if you want to buy a book, uh, you know, my publisher will be glad to sell you a book. Uh, all, most of all the information I've received from the Lord is on YouTube videos. I've got quite a number of them. Some of them are current event videos over the years, and some are biblical teachings and prophecy and different things. So, you know, you can find out what I've been saying, you know, for oh, over the last 10 years. Yeah, amen. Um, well, you know, for the record, folks, you can also find he he did Richard has did a lot of radio programs with us, and so uh, if you check our archives, um, you know, uh, Potomatic dot branch dot com, I think it is, or just go to the End Time Radio Archive link at our website, Prophecy Hour, and you can scroll down and find all those programs. So, Richard, what do you think about this wonderful deal that was passed? I guess yesterday. Well, it's. Something, uh, yeah, been, as you say, I've been watching the RAND for, uh, oh, I don't know, about eight, ten years now, it seems. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about this deal. Uh, so, you know, I, I tend to base a lot of, uh, you know, what I what I proclaim uh, from Scripture and from what I've what I believe I've heard from the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know if there's going, this deal is going to work or not. I do know this, that the next biblical prophecy to occur will occur soon, and it will be Iran's war on what I call Iran's war on the West. Uh, it's Revelation's second seal, and it basically should read the way I would say it is, you know, the leader of Iran will be given power to take peace from the earth and cause men to kill each other, and he'll be given a great battle. I believe that Iran war, that second seal, red horse and rider war, will happen before Obama's out of office. In other words, you know, I've been watching this stuff for years, and, and to right. be very frank, you know, we've talked a lot, and I've thought that this Iran war was going to start a long time ago. Right. But right. Within, within the last, I'd say, last two years, the Lord has shown me in His Word and by the things that He's told me and by the things that I understand that now I know when this Iran war is going to happen. It will happen before Obama is out of office. Well, he will not leave office. 
know, and, and well, there's more to it than that, actually. This fits with a whole bunch of other prophecies. And I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I want to make it clear to people tonight. And I don't, I know, you know in the past I've done a lot of kind of Bible studies as we've talked, but I just want to make some clear statements tonight so people understand what I've what I've heard and what I'm saying. Okay. And uh, and it, it all a lot. These four things have to do with the time of Obama's presidency. And he's in office for another year and a half. The next thing that will happen will be Iran will start a war that will take peace from the earth. Then, once that war starts, our creditors will create an economic crisis that will start in the United States of America. So that once the Iran war starts, there will soon be an economic crisis that will follow, that will you know be part of that or follow that. I don't know exactly how that works, but that will happen while Obama's still in office, and that will cause this war and economic crisis is is described in the Bible as Obama stumbling and falling, and then in Habakkuk it says. All the people in all the nations will taunt him with ridicule and scorn. So there will be an Iran war. There will be an economic crisis. Obama will stumble and fall. And while this is all going on, the parable of the ten virgins, a parable that Christ told about the time of the end, which talked about all those that were waiting for the return of the bridegroom, all of them, had fallen asleep, and then something happens, and they all wake up. That also is going to happen while Obama is still, while his his term is in, in play, in the next year and a half. So we've got, in the next year and a half, we've got Iran starting a war, we've got a U.S. economic crisis, we've got Obama stumbling and falling, and we've got all Bible churches waking up and realizing that the time of the end has come. Well, and I just want then, people to know that that's what I'm saying. Okay, well, a couple of small things. Um, first off, folks, that we are calling this program tonight "Prophecies Fulfilled in Obama's Second Term," and we you have this list. We have this listed. Uh, it'll be listed in the archives that way. Um, but uh, I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. Uh, you know. I agree with you that, I mean, if the church is going to wake up, I don't, you know, they need to do it now. But you mentioned the parable of the ten virgins. You know, there are so many different interpretations of of that. Why do you think that most of them just don't get it right like that? Well, that, oh, (laughs) that is a perfect segue. That's a perfect segue into another thing that I think is very important for people to consider today, God's people to consider, and that is there's something mysterious about the time of the end when it comes to biblical prophecy. Now, a lot of Bible students that have studied biblical prophecy are familiar with Daniel's prophecies and something that God told Daniel when he was finished prophesying through Daniel. And it was recorded in Daniel twelve nine. 
he said to Daniel, go your way, Daniel. These words are closed and sealed until the time of the end. Yeah. So Amen. He's, there's something about God's word and prophecy about the time of the end that's closed and sealed until the time of the end. So that until the time of the end came, and you know that I believe it's already come, these things could not have been figured out. And that wasn't the only place that God said that same, gave that same message. Back in the law in Deuteronomy 32, he was talking to his people, and God said, if only you were wise and understood what your end would be. And then, he went, and then a couple of verses later he said, but I've kept it in reserve, sealed in my vaults. So he's something about the time of the end, he's kept sealed. And he said, said the same thing to Daniel. These are sealed and closed. Uh, and then there's a prophecy, which you know I love, the prophet Habakkuk, because it, he really is a prophet for our time, because his prophecies deal with the time of the end. And nobody knows that. I mean, if you, if you go and scour all the sources for commentaries on Habakkuk, none of them will tell you that Habakkuk is a prophet for the time of the end. They all talk about Habakkuk and his time. But God in Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 2, says you know, to Habakkuk, write this down so a, a, you know, a carrier can run with it and carry the message. And he said, the revelation of this prophecy awaits the appointed time of the end. Well, now you read Habakkuk, and you can, under, you, can, you, know, you can put it together and see how it applies to our situation today, but you could not have seen that. It was none of the commentaries account for it, and, it, and it's probably the most important prophetic book of, uh, of our time, and when, I'm, when I say our time, I'm saying, like, right now. Yeah, like, anyway. right now during Obama's administration, Habakkuk, Describes Obama as the leader of the Babylonians. Really? Yeah. It, it, well, the chapter. If you, if you read Habakkuk chapter two, verse four through seven, or we'll read it four through seventeen, it it, it tells you it just, God is describing the leader of the Babylonians, and then He tells you all about him. He tells you what's going to happen to him and why it's going to happen. Okay. This is why I know these things are. Uh, let me break in. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, for the people, they're going to go, well, uh, a lot of people, because they don't understand, like you and I do, um, that America is Babylon. It is, that's what you're saying, is America is the Babylon in Revelation. Absolutely. Right? And, when, and Yes, and when this thing happens to Obama, and this war starts with Iran, and it affects Lebanon, and all the things that we see happen, and it affects the U.S. economy, People are, you know, God's people who go to his word and pick up Habakkuk will be able to see the stuff that I'm saying is about to happen. Once they see it happen, they're going to be able to turn to Habakkuk, and they're going to see it was written before it happened. It was actually written almost 3,000 years ago. Right. But God right. knows everything that's going to happen. Now, that, I know that's hard for people, even people that say they believe in God. You know, to say God is inspired somebody to write something down that was going to happen 3,000 years later, 
And it turns out to be precisely true. Yeah, well, exactly and, and he, precisely true. Well, he's already did that. People, they, they ignore the fact that he wrote about how Israel would go back and become a country. And, well, that, you, know, you know, they would be it, dead but alive again. You know, it's it's easier to look back and say, well, you know, look at the prophecy that he made in Daniel about the the empires of Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. Those were all things that hadn't happened yet. You know, and you know, but we we look at that. We look at the Bible way way too much, like it's ancient history. You know, I'm telling you, this history is going to come and hit you right in the face. It's going to come and it's going to happen in the next year and a half. It could happen this year. I don't know when this is going to happen, other than. These four things, this Iran war, this U.S. economic crisis, Obama falling, and all Bible churches waking up are all going to happen while Obama, during Obama's second term. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. it. That's what the Lord has shown me, taught me, said to me. You know, he, is, he, he doesn't leave me any choice but to declare this to you. I can yeah. do the Bible study, read my books. You can see how, you know, my books are all Bible studies about how God has taught me these things about the time of the end. And it was, you know, it may have been just a coincidence that I was studying very hard the time of the end when the time of the end began. Because well, of course, before, we don't think, of course we don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences at all. I don't, yeah. You know. Yeah, amen. You were led to do that, and so you were open to it, and so that you know, there. I believe that there had to be, there has to be people like you, or specifically a person like you in the West to be able to understand and point to that, because you know, um, to me, it's clear that that he would, you know, still still tell his servants so they can give warning. Were you not? Absolutely. Think. I think here's a couple of verses that we need to think about in Amos. 3-7, Yehovah, who I, I now believe that God's name is Yehovah, not Yahweh, just because yeah. I've been studying this recently, and I think the best Hebrew scholarship tells us the name of God is Yehovah. But, so Yehovah told, prophesied through Amos, and he said, Yehovah does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Okay, and we have the prophets, right? And then he said this in Mark, you know, Christ, when he's talking about the time of the end, he, he said to his, his disciples, he said, be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I mean, it's like, well, and then there's, and, and here's something that people can think about, because I have just made a declaration, a more, it's the same declaration I've been making for years, but I'm just wanting to be very, very clear about it. I'm making a prophecy for about four things that are going to happen while Obama's in office. Right. We need to write these down, because with these things, we are either going to, you're either going to end up saying, well, I can see why Richard H. Perry is now called a why God called him a watchman. Or you're going to write these four things down, and, and at the end of Obama's term, if they don't happen, you're going to say, well, that Richard H. Perry is a false prophet. And he said himself that if those things don't happen, that he would be a false prophet. 
Now, I'd hate to have that. I hate to have that thing, but I just want you to know how convinced I am that God has spoken to me and given yes, me this sir, message sir. to give to His people. So yeah, I am not. Let me say this, Richard. Let me say this, um, yeah. and this is for your benefit, and you know, for the people. I mean, it's like this. You just did by, and this is, and in fact, folks, with the picture that's going to be on this is is going to be dated. That goes on the, when this goes on podcast later tonight. The point is, Richard, is is you know, with a lot of ministries or ministers, they would tell you you just committed, you know, um, suicide in the realm of Bible prophecy. If this doesn't come true, then you're going to be branded as just that, as, you know, as a false prophet. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. If yeah, this and, doesn't and, happen, and that's what like you're I saying. said, yeah, then, then you would be right to call me a false prophet. But I'm, I'm not sure that this is going to happen. Now, keep in mind, God says about the false prophets that they're sincere. They believe what they say is going to happen. False prophets. Well, the, the real prophets also feel the same way. A real messenger of God who's been given a message by God declares that message because he has no choice, and he believes it's going to happen too. In other words, false prophets believe their prophecies are going to happen, and, and, and true prophets believe their, messages, their message is going to happen. I'm just, I just want to be absolutely clear what my message is. Right, right. Yeah, obviously, obviously the Lord's word is true. If I'm wrong, I'm a false prophet. If I'm right, I am the watchman that God said I would be, and I am one of his messengers. Because if you read Isaiah 44, 25, and 26, Yehovah says that he foils the, the, the prophecies of the false prophets, and he fulfills the words of his messengers. Yes, amen. I, um, I, I am yes. one or the other. I, I can't, I can't, there's no gray area for me. There's no place right. to hide. I, uh, I'm either a false prophet or I'm a messenger from God. Okay. He never well, called well, me a prophet. Let me break in because we got less than a minute before break time. Uh, give them again uh, the way to find you and everything in case some people are near you at the first, and then we'll go to a break. Okay, well, just just put my full name in Google, Richard H. Perry. Uh, I have a website. It's called lastdaysmystery.info. I, I don't update that anymore, but it's full of valuable information. Yeah, amen. It's a really good website. Folks, um, and if you listen to this in a podcast, uh, go to wherever you found the podcast at, and there should be a link to his website. And, of course, like he said, just Google his name, Richard H. Perry, and you'll be amazed at what you'll find. And we'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead. 
meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316 
I'm back. We're back. This is Pastor Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Mission Watch Live on the American Voice Radio Network. Folks, please remember to pray tonight about a donation for our work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. Support us so we can care for the people that the Father sends us. We need your, your help for all kinds of things, food, clothing, all kinds of things that these people come in and ask us for. Yeah, it's not a set thing that we do for people. We give them a relationship. And so, well, it's just like last week. I had a fellow come to me, and, and he said, hey, you know, I need a motel room. Well, you know, I said my first thought to him was, well, everybody out there, you see all those people out there, all of those people need a motel room. And he says, well, you know, I have a, a wife. And I have uh, a couple of kids, and we got kicked out of this house. And, you know, I said, well, you know, that, that does happen a lot because, you know, we make sure that we question people to find out, and we pray about it. But anyway, come to find out, he's just coming out of chemo. He's from Tennessee, and, you know, there was a lot of reasons for me to do it. And I said, well, how did you find us? And he said, well, one of the guys on the street told me, he said, the only person that can possibly help you today and give you a result at all the agencies and all the churches in this city is Pastor Dan. You need to go over there and ask him. And so people come to us expecting a miracle, you know, and people, and it happens over and over. You know, I I didn't have a lot of money, but I walked across the street at, at a cheap motel, and I paid for a room for him for the night. He said that the next day he could get money wired up from his family in Tennessee so that they wouldn't be without a home. But that's the kind of things that we do. We give out miracle prayers. We give out things like that. We do first aid over and over. The list goes on um, as what we do for people. And so that's why people come to us health, because of love. That is the first answer. They are treated as family. Second and beyond that, we don't, like in this instance, I didn't have him fill out a questionnaire. We didn't have any set guideline or program. He just walked in the door, and he asked, and I listened to him, and I prayed about it, and we found a way to fill the need. This is why even the agencies tell all the employees about the Father's Little Mission Church. You see, when guidelines stop them from helping, they send people to us. People who have millions of dollars in their budget send people to a place that really has no budget. We are responsible, folks, to care um, for one for another because we are our brother's keepers. And all the donations, no matter what size, does really, really help. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or by mailing a check or money order, and you can find all this information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. And now we're back with Richard H. Perry, and we're talking about prophecies fulfilled in Obama's second term. Are you still there with me, Richard? Still am, Ben, yep. I'm thinking uh, thinking a lot about these things. Well, uh, you know, let, me the, let me repeat those for the uh, folks. Okay, that and I have a question that came in. Uh, that came in for you, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that first. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, these are, there's four things that I believe will happen during Obama's second term. Iran will start a war. It will take, the Bible says, will take peace from the earth. There'll be an economic crisis in the United States. Obama will stumble and fall. And all Bible churches will wake up and realize that the time of the end has come. Um, 
Okay. So the question that I was asked was somebody said, well, they wanted to know what those were. I'm glad that you um, said them again because they didn't hear them all. But they wanted to know what you, partially what you meant by Obama stumbles and falls. You said that sounded kind of vague. What's that mean? Well, that's the, that's the kind of a biblical explanation. God says about, he calls Obama the arrogant one. And he says the arrogant one stumbles and falls and nobody helps him up. And he said, it's, he also says about the arrogant one, it says time for you to be punished. And if somebody is interested, that uh, passage is in uh, Jeremiah 50, 31 and 32. And it refers to the leader of the Babylonians as the arrogant one. It corresponds to a prophecy about the leader of the Babylonians that's recorded in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, where it says the leader, he's puffed up and he's arrogant. It says other things about him. But it, it's, and it talks about not that he stumbles and falls, but it says he took captive all the peoples and all the nations, but then the Bible says all of them, all the people and all the nations, will then taunt him with ridicule and scorn. And they do this because he has shed men's blood and destroyed lands, cities, and everyone in them. In other words, that, I believe, is something that the United States will end up doing, uh, particularly to Lebanon, because that's recorded in Habakkuk, um, when Iran starts their war against the West. Because I believe when Iran starts their war, they'll attack the United States, probably our fifth fleet in the Persian Gulf, and their allies, Hezbollah in Lebanon, Hamas in Gaza, the Palestinians in the West Bank, and Syria to the north of Israel will all attack Israel at the same time. And then the United States will assist Israel, and we will cause astounding violence and devastation in Lebanon. That, you know, that, that's probably more than most people can absorb. <laughs> That's a lot to absorb. So, so what do you? So, would people want to know in relationship to the tribulation? So, is this that's them saying this, that's the start of the tribulation, or some people don't realize? Is no, no, no. This tribulation is, this is very, started. This is, yeah, this is very important. Uh, a lot of the church is focused on the last seven years, and they talk about the tribulation, the great tribulation. The, the last seven years is the last seven years of the time of the end. But the time of the end, Christ said, had a beginning. It says he called it the beginning of birth pains. You know, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquakes, and pestilences in various places. He said all these are the beginning. Well, the beginning uh, correspond to the first seals of Revelation. But... They have, the, we're, we're probably 15 or maybe even as many as 20 years away from the last seven years. In other words, the time of the end is there's going to be a lot of wars here before we get even to the last seven years when there's a, 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 a covenant confirmed by the Antichrist. 
there is no Antichrist in power right now. He's alive and well, but he, you know, his kingdom hasn't started. And it, won't, and it will start, by the way, after the Saran War. And he will be in, in considerable power before the, the third seal of Revelation when the Black Horse and Rider uh, start their war, which destroys wheat and barley. Well, you know, Richard, um, there's been a, uh, several um, Bible prophecy people that, that you know, uh, I have trusted over the years, and I won't name names, but I have saw them do this. Instead of being in the immediate thing, you know, saying the tribulation's about to start, they just said what you said, that, that the tribulation is, is maybe 20 years away. Um, do you yeah. think we're having an awakening to that, or what do you think? Well, you know, you know, just before the show came back on, you were talking about the awakening of all the churches, the parable of the ten virgins when they all wake up. Well, and, and let me just point this out to some people. I really like the NIV Bible, but it's a translation by man, and there are mistakes in it, and there's a big one in the parable of the ten virgins. In the NIV it says when uh, the cry rings out, it says, behold or see the bridegroom. That's wrong. It should be the, the, uh, the, the, you know, the modern translations of uh, like King James, New King James, the Old King James. It says, behold, the bridegroom cometh. In other words, and if you look at the Greek words there, it's very clear that the, the verb to come is in there, and it means that behold or see the bridegroom is coming. In other words, you don't see the bridegroom. You see that he's coming. You see the situation is such that you know the time of the end is at hand. It's, we're in it, and he's coming. Uh, and that's very important uh, because there are some, translations that kind of make you think that uh, when you say, Behold the Bridegroom, you think like, oh my gosh, this must be right in the land. The Great Tribulation is right at the end. No, it's not. It's way at the beginning. In other words, it's before the awakening occurs after the second seal. Right. And there's another, there's another reason I know that to be true is because in there, it says, come out to meet him. You know, the cry rings right, out, right. Uh, see the bridegroom is coming, come out to meet him. Well, the word come out to meet him doesn't mean go out on your front porch, look up, there he is, and meet the Lord, you know. No, right. the word is ex, exerchromai, which means go abroad, flee, uh, go from here to there. In other words, get out of here and go somewhere else. It's the same word that God used in Revelation 18, 4, when he tells, my people come out of mystery Babylon the great, so you don't suffer her plagues. In other words, he's actually telling his people to leave Babylon, you know, and you got, of course then you got to know who she is, uh, right. before she's destroyed, because God doesn't want his people caught up in that, just like, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted Lot out of there before he rained down, you know, fire and brimstone on Sodom. Well, it's also interesting that uh, God says he's going to destroy this end-time Babylon like Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Well, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for just a second. Um, you know, now I believe, as well as, as you and a lot of other people, that America is mystery battle line, and because of those reasons that you say, but isn't it astounding um, now how right now if if the homosexual agenda um, gets their way, which it seems like they are, um, you know, preachers look like they could be put in jail. That's going to be if you even speak against a homosexual, you'll get arrested. I mean, there is a really wicked path. What is, and what else is this Supreme Court ruling going to do? Is it going to allow them to marry, uh, end up marrying beasts, or, or what? What do you think about all that? Well, it's it's like you know, I, I find all these things unbelievable. We've got a president of the United States that supports you know abortion on demand. In other words, he's more pro-abortion than anybody of his predecessors, you know, and he's like double down on abortion. And that's the that's one of the main things that's really making God angry, you know, because he says his purpose is to destroy Babylon, and he says because of his temple. Well, his temple is his people, right. and any aborted baby is one of God's people because he knits them together in the womb himself. In other words, God says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. In other words, and if somebody were to abort a baby, you know, they're killing one of God's kids. Right. You know, it's it's the greatest it's the greatest evangelistic outreach ever occurred, but it's we're doing it on the blood of the United you know, that's on the hands of doctors in the United States of America with all the abortions that we've done and all the abortions that have been done around the world because of our leadership, you know? In other words, right. God's mad at the United States principally I mean lots of reasons, principally in my mind, because of abortions. Judgment well, is amen. coming. Judgment yeah, is coming. Absolutely. There, there has to be a calling for that. I mean, you know, he's always judged nations because of killing of innocent blood, you know, of, of children. You know, that's just, uh, it, it's just amazing that he has been so long-suffering and held back for so long because we do uh, promote and fund abortion to the nations, you know. Uh, Absolutely. That was that was one of the first things that Obama signed when he became president was allowing federal funds to be used overseas to perform abortions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But not, not to wander off the track here too far, uh, let me say one other thing about this uh, parable of the, of the ten virgins, because it, it, it says all, the wise and the foolish together are all asleep. Something happens, there's a cry, and that cry, by the way, I believe comes from Babylon, and it's recorded in Jeremiah 51-54. The cry comes from Babylon, but that cry wakes up all the churches. In other words, they're all asleep, they're all awake. Today, all the churches are asleep. When this thing happens, you know, the, the Iran war, the economic crisis, then all the churches are going to wake up in shock and awe. And people need to realize that God has to wake his people up before he destroys Babylon. Right. Because, you know, if, you know he, he, would be, he would be remiss if he allowed the destruction of Babylon that he describes 
uh, like you know Sodom and Gomorrah, which is basically a nuclear war in our time, and he hasn't woken up his church yet, his churches. So no, he's going to wake up his churches, and he's going to tell his people to come out to meet him. In other words, leave before he has Babylon destroyed. It's God's purpose and plan to destroy Anton Babylon. You know, but right. that's that's that maybe is seven or ten years from now. The thing I'm telling you about is, you know, and nobody would believe that if this Iran war doesn't happen. If what I just said about Iran's going to start a war on the West, there's going to be an economic crisis, Obama falls, and all Bible churches wake up. If those things don't happen, then you can forget all about anything I might have said about Babylon. Well, but this stuff has to happen so that God's people in Babylon, and there are still a few, you know, that they need to wake up and realize that, you know, the, the seriousness of the situation, they first need to repent. And then they need to obey God and get out of here. Right, right. Well, you have to be pretty confirmed in faith to be um, putting this kind of stamp on it because, you know, uh, somebody said, well, those were kind of vague. Not really. To me, uh, that's not vague at all. Iran starts a war with the West. Then the U.S. economic crisis. Well, we are looking. I Right now, we can well, see me, the, the beginning of the crisis. Go ahead. Let me do. Let me do this. You know. I, you know. Again, understand that what I have comes from the Word of God. I'm not making these things up. I mean, almost anybody could say we're going to have an economic crisis. You'd have to be crazy not to see that coming. You know, it's inevitable. But nobody knows when it's going to happen. But me, I know it's going to happen while Obama's still president. Right. The economic right. crisis is going to, ha- and it's not going to happen before the Iran war. It's going to happen after the Iran war starts. Right, right. Because the Iran war is the is the cause of it. You know, our creditors get mad at us, and they stop loaning us money. I presume. But anyway, let me, what was I going to say here? Um, right. You know, it's it's important. That, we see these these particular events, and I want to just I, I name four, and for anybody that's out there taking notes, which is that's good, I commend you for that. I'm going to give you the Bible verses for these four things, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Not only the way I say it, Iran's war on the West is actually Revelation six three and four. Right. Right. Revelation 6, 3, and 4, the rider on the red horse. Okay. The economic crisis is Habakkuk 2, 7. Your creditors will suddenly wake up and make you tremble. Habakkuk 2, 7. Obama falls, Jeremiah 50, 31 and 32. All Bible churches wake up. All those that are waiting for the bridegroom to return all wake up at the same time, and that's described in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 7. So there's the script. There's scripture on all these, and uh, and you got to you got to know a lot of other scripture to see how they all fit together. I mean, you know, God just didn't show me those four things. He's shown me everything. You know, the books that I've written. You know. He said, I've told you everything. I see 
from the first seal to the seventh seal. I see from the beginning of the time of the end all the way to the return of Christ. I see how the, how the trumpets fit in. I see how the bowls of wrath fit in. I see how all of uh, Isaiah's end-time prophecies fit in and Daniel's prophecies fit in. I've got a book on Dan, the Watchman's Guide to Daniel's Prophecies and Revelation. In other words, each of my books is coming from a different angle, but they all tell the same story in that they all have, they're from a different vantage point, all talking about one time of the end. There's only one time of the end. There are no end times. There are last days, but there's only one end time. And we've already entered it, and we've got oh, a couple of de- couple three decades to go before Christ returns. I'm pretty sure that Christ cannot return until 2000, until after 2032. 2032. And I simply believe that because Hosea says after two days he will revive us, and on the third day he will restore us. Well, two days is 2,000 years, and he left in 32 A.D., which means 2032 will be two days after he left. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I know yeah, that's, that's, that's way too much. I know I, I overdo it because the Lord has pumped <laughs> so much in the head. I just start spilling it out, and I don't know when to stop. You don't know when to stop. Well, I don't believe that you gave us too much information. So just like that, I was getting ready to ask you what makes you think 2032, and and you gave the answer because after two days, and, and you gave the answer. Yeah. And so that's not too much information, Richard. Not at all. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, the yeah. trouble is I talk, well, I talk to people in church, and, Dan, you know, you're one of the few that I think actually reads the Bible, because most, when I talk to Christians, I'm just, I'm shocked. And, and and almost and frustrated to the the level of biblical ignorance of people in church today. Now I blame that on the people themselves, but I also, you know, give credit where credit's due. The shepherds are not talking about the time of the end of the second coming. They're hiding it because it's scary and it's controversial, and they're afraid they're going to lose one member or two members. Heck, they're afraid that they're probably going to lose most of their members if they were to talk about it. Well, you're you're right, absolutely. If they don't get the soft message that they hear, there's so many churches. You know, when you're in a big bigger city, they can just go down the block and get whatever. I'll call it flavor of ice cream that they want. You know, they can get whatever they want. Now, you know. Uh, we at you know at Messiah's branch, we open the Bible and we read the Bible. You know what I mean. And if it says this, that's what it says, and that's what we talk about. You know what I'm saying. And so you know, but I agree with you. The the, the level of knowledge for the Bible with people who proclaim to be Christians is just it's just like almost non-existent. All they know is the few words that the pastor has told them on on Sunday morning, you know, or maybe Saturday or whatever. And that's it. They don't get into the Word any further than that. We, on the other hand, we reread the Bible over and over and over. Well, Richard, we really run out of time. You got any, uh, we'll call it final words. And by the way, if you got something else that you want to explain to the people, let me know. Send me an email, and we'll set up another program later. But you got about 30 okay. seconds to say goodbye. Okay. I would just like to say this. You know, I love, I, I I post things every day. I see them on the news, updates. I put uh, teachings and stuff on my uh, Twitter and Facebook. Friend me on Facebook, Richard H. Perry. 
I'd be glad to be your friend, and, and then you could get all my updates, and you'd know what I'm watching day by day because we're in a day by day situation. I haven't put up a, a YouTube video in a couple months. You know, I still put them up, but you know, if you really want to know what I'm watching, friend me on Facebook. Right, Richard. Right, Richard H. Perry. Oh yeah, I never thought about that. I have you on Facebook. Um, yeah, Richard H. Perry on Facebook. That's that's a real good way. Well, look, Richard. Uh, thanks for being on with me, and and uh, and it was actually short notice because I like to give somebody about five days ahead of time. But again, brother, you're welcome back anytime if you want to add to this conversation. That you, it seems like this is just a start or something. You got a lot more to say. Oh but if you yeah, want... I think we'll be talking. We'll be talking soon. <laughs> okay, well, all right, all right. Well, you be blessed, brother. Uh, bye-bye, and we'll talk you again. Too. All right, shalom. Well, folks, um, you know, he really, you know, Richard has been studying the Bible for quite some time, you know, and while I say that he and I agree that America is mystery Babylon, I base that on a lot of things. And, you know, I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying that America's mystery Babylon thus saith the Lord. You know, I could be wrong, very much so. What I want to challenge you to do and what I've been trying to challenge you to do with this radio program is to get that Bible of yours out, get on your knees and pray, and then ask the Father to reveal to you as you read the Bible for yourself and see what it says. Do remember when you read your Bible that the Bible is a Middle Eastern book, and you should read it from the point of the view of the people that wrote the book. Okay, remember that there is only one God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach, who gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, and that is, thus saith the Lord, is the only way to the Father. Well, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That, for sure, is like praying for Messiah to return because there will never be any, be any real peace until he does return. Lord our God, Father, King of the universe, ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to 
wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Greeks thought thyme herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for time, tincture, and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom one, two, 
Talk Live. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. We're here to empower you on Herb Talk Live. Thanks for joining us on American Voice Radio. Oh, boy, we got a good show. We're going to be talking about, for the first part of the show, we're going to be talking about the infections that are coming. They're on the horizon. And, well, they're, they're infectious pathogens. So we're going to talk about that and how we can prepare, you know, protect ourselves. Also, we're going to, we didn't cover throat cancer last time, last time, so we're going to talk about that, plus um, some more bacterias and what we can do. And we'll see how much time we have left after that. We may get into um, some old folklore stuff. We'll see. And we have our quack report. But before we get to all that great stuff, big salute and semper fi to righteous men and women in uniform, lifting them up in prayer, lifting America up in prayer, praying for righteousness. You know, I've said this over and over. I pray for um, men of valor. Where are they? Righteous men of valor. You know what righteous men of valor are? They know the Lord. Yep. And they and they stand up for truth and justice. And we're supposed to pray for that. Isaiah 59 says that we're supposed to beseech the Lord for truth and justice. And, um, you know, hope is, is in God. And that's our anchor of our soul. And it keeps us both sure and steadfast. So, uh, and you'll never waste one minute in prayer with him. It'll just make you better. So uh, mind the time. Hit the knees. Seek the Lord's face. Mind the time. It grows short. And without further ado... Let's do the quack report. Thank you, Frank. Okay, in the quack report, what do you have? Ooh, 3D human hearts grown from nothing, apparently. Scientists, this is a report. It was in the um, Journal of Nature. Uh, let's see, scientists have made tiny little human hearts that can actually beat from nothing. They're so small that it's hard to see them even with the naked eye. But these hearts have been grown using stem cells for the first time in a lab, um, according to report from the new scientists. Apparently, it, these hearts mimic uh, the process of what happens when human hearts grow for the first time in the womb. So the new hearts are created using stem cells that were made by reversing human skin cells so that they were turned back into something like an embryo. And once uh, that was done, they, uh, scientists encouraged those embryonic cells to grow into the right formation, changing their shape, and then eventually forming for the first time the cells that makes a heart beat. And then into um, those things that connect the heart up, you know, the ventricles and stuff like that. So this is a technology that could eventually, they say, be used to create full-size organs, hearts. Um, they said the model is a first step towards building a heart um, that's relying on self-organization of cells. So, you know, long will uh, go away is the heart donor, apparently. All right, so some techniques may also be used also to create other parts of the body, they think, down the road. Uh, it may be difficult to encourage lab-created organs to, to grow into the right thing, though. Uh, it's still a work in progress. All right, what else is in the quack report? Um, some high-risk areas for Lyme disease, according to a new report. Um, this was published in the CDC journal, The Emerging Infectious Diseases. Uh, the geographic areas for the Lyme disease is uh, bigger than ever, dramatically grown, according to a governmental study that was published this week. Um, cases remain concentrated for Lyme disease in the northeast and upper Midwest. More areas, though, more regions are considered high risk now. So there are more than 260 counties 
uh, where the risk of catching Lyme's disease is at least twice the national average, and it's up by 130 a decade earlier.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.